to the jury. The prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman Report, folks. Uh, we're going to date this episode. This is Monday. The It's Monday, right? The 21st day yep. of uh, March 2016. We are back from here, the Watchman Conference. Folks, if there was any episode that you want to listen to, it's this one. Trust me on that. Um, anyway, folks... Uh, we're we're back in our studios. We landed. In case you heard the raw satellite feed, uh, the conversation. Um, we'll be explaining that a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, we, you know, we've got enough to hide. Actually, uh, uh, we had raw satellite feed. Uh, uh, knowingly go out. I just want to remind Joe. I said, Joe, you know, he knew it. But uh, yeah, I know, I know. But anyway, um, folks, uh, you're listening to the Hagman Hagman Report, uh, where we're coming to you live right now. Right now from our studios, radio and television studios located here in northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast uh, every weeknight, that's Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Global Star Radio Network, we're also simulcast on BTR. You can watch us live and by archive on our YouTube channel. And tonight, the YouTube feed, you will see a static image because we don't, we have not had the chance to hook back up the uh, camera systems that we had, that we had taken with us. And basically, we had enough time for Eric to, Eric the tech to set us up uh, to reconnect, um, you know, the headsets, the mic, and that's about as far as that we got and creating oh, the episodes. Crazy. But we'll be back up live on, on video for you tomorrow and the rest of the week. Yes, and everything uh, is going to be back to normal starting tomorrow. Yeah, and, you know, we haven't done a live show since Tuesday, and uh, yeah, I know people have been wondering. Uh, yeah, yeah, see... Absence does not make the heart grow fonder, right? Or it does. I don't know. Ask my dog. My dog was a little upset. She was upset with me. Uh, lady, the studio dog was upset. Now she's glad to be back in the studio. We brought her right back to the studio just so she could, uh, reacclimate herself to the studio. But nonetheless, uh, um, you know, as, as I like to say, you know, well, before we get started, we, folks, don't forget we've got two separate websites, Hagman and Hagman.com. And also, that's for the show information, live shows. So if you go there today, you can connect right now to Hagman dot com, and then um, HagmanReport dot com. Run the, does just a fabulous job taking care of some aggregating news and information on that. And uh, my little corner is uh, Homeland Security US dot com, Northeast Intelligence Network, formerly. Uh, but uh, there, uh, I'll be active. And also, folks, uh, in case you haven't, uh, this is one thing we'll talk about later. But. Um, my new book, Stained by Blood, sold out in, uh, I think, uh, an hour and ten minutes at the conference and, uh, the, the, the copies that I brought with me. Uh, so if you go to Amazon.com and, and just, or go to StainedByBlood.com and I think, yeah, click on the link and you can go to Amazon. Once the first printing is done, um, you, you'll have a, you'll have a little gem on your hands because there are a few minor little mistakes in there, okay? Uh, because what I did was I, 
Oh, I took the, there were multiple proofs. You know, oh, I don't know. I took the wrong proof. I, I took the proof before the final proof and submitted it to the, to, to have it printed. So the first printing will have a few, mis- a few minor mistakes, you know, but, uh, so it's going to be, uh, my hey. wife, my wife jokes, she says, when I kill you now, it'll be worth more. <laughs> I got to tell you this, you know, we brought, I don't know how many books. It was not many, 100, 150, something like that. And, you know, I just got to thank each and every one of the people out there who were at the conference. Uh, you know, the, the books went in the first half of the first day, which shocked me. Yeah, actually, we did time at 90 minutes. Uh, and, we, here's the thing about this, and, and uh, Joe, uh, if you don't mind, let me just because I mean Joe, Joe literally ran into the, the, you know, the old O.J. Simpson airport commercials. Okay, that was Joe coming into the studio, jumping over chairs and knocking over <laughs> things. I mean, it was great. One piece of pe- hand of pizza in my yeah, one yeah. piece of pizza in my hand. Uh, headphones. Uh, I mean, we we woke up in <laughs> Dallas and we had, we ended up here in Northwest Pennsylvania. I mean, it's just and we, we had a minor delay in Chicago. Yeah, and the security, you know, they tell us they told us to be there two hours early due to the TSA lines, and we were very fortunate. Uh, we we had a rental the car. Back. They had to the return the, the rental car, and um, I took a shuttle from the hotel, and we were the last ones off the shuttle. Probably got through security an hour before you guys did because you had some other you had a, a few things to do that you didn't expect. Uh, well, taking the car back. I, I, I got to tell you, folks, in Dallas that. Airport, it's thirty square miles. Yeah, can you believe that? Thirty. It's it's the fourth largest airport in the United it's States. It's like a city. And we went to pick up Paul McGuire from the airport on Thursday. It took us over an hour. We were we were like chickens with our head cut off. <laughs> well, well, first of all, Paul Paul forgot to tell us the flight number and and gate. Apparently, that's pretty important information to have. What gate you're going to be at? I, I guess that's you should yeah, probably have that, right? We just had the airline. Oh man. But well, it worked out. Uh, going, okay. I don't know whether you heard my broadcast going, okay. For some reason, I was losing my voice when we left, and it's so weird, yeah. okay. So, um, I had a little, little, uh, you know, little incident with TSA on the so, way. We, we on the way. Well, you yeah. did, and my wife did also. And I'll I'll tell this story first. My, yeah, you uh, go ahead and tell that story. We, my wife uh, needed her license renewed, and every four years you have to get a driver's license. Here. Yeah, driver's license. And we went to do that this last week and you can only do it on certain days, but the, uh, we got the renewal and the system was down. We couldn't get her maiden name changed to Hagman. So, and we were coming up on our four, four year anniversary. Now, 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 bear in mind. Now, 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 now hold on, Joe. Just the folks, I, I consider this little tidbit of information. Okay. That you should know. Joe has relatives that work at at the DMV. I do at that at that very location, and they couldn't help us when we went, at least with changing the last name. And we called before we left for out of town to ask the airport. You know, said you know we we have we're in the situation. The tickets under uh, my wife's name, Laura Hagman, but her driver's license we could not change the last name. Well, they said just just bring your marriage certificate. So erring on the side of caution, not only do we bring the marriage certificate, we brought her. Uh, updated social security card with the right last name on it and basically every you know old bills with her name on it well it didn't matter as soon as we got the erie airport which is very low security i I think it's how airports should be they have a couple tsa agents they screen your bags and they have the metal detector there right nothing really invasive well they had to take sit her down uh with explosive material swabs took the whole carry-on apart 
we ended up in like an hour at our airport, which our airport is, is like I said, very, uh, like how an airport should be. And, um, we had to do the same song and dance on the way home, even with the marriage certificate, even with the social security card and her license and calling ahead and, and asking about it. Um, it was kind of rough. It, it was then, it was amazing to watch. And you had a small well, incident on the way out yeah, too. Yeah, and, and I should I should note Eric the tech is not with us tonight because well the last time we saw him was in Dallas because uh, Chance at, at the expo what we did was we got some black powder uh, from Chance of course they live you know their 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 offices are in, in Texas and I, all I did was I just uh, sprinkled some on his bag and then put <laughs> put some on his pants and his hands. And uh, said, "Hey, I'll see you, see you when we get back." <laughs> so I haven't seen him since Dallas. Uh, oh, he he didn't fly. Eric the tech. Oh, Eric. Eric the tech. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, okay. No, I, uh, folks. I p- please don't send me emails because Eric the tech is developing his own fan club. Uh, actually, and uh, God bless Paul. Thank you so much for what you've done and uh, you know who I'm talking talking about but I see your uh, comment in chat yes we brought her passport my wife's passport as well oh yeah and it and, and and okay so the only thing that wasn't in her 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 my last name was the license exactly exactly look I we've made a decision okay we are not flying again because here's the deal I I want to bankrupt the airlines I want to bankrupt the airlines if the airlines allow the TSA to do what they're doing, then, then you know what? We should bankrupt the airlines. We should vote with our pocketbooks. We should, we should protest with our pocketbooks. Now, I, I, and, I, and I get, I understand that. Not that even stuff from happens. security or, or aspect of it. The airlines. I mean, the last time we flew was when we went to Bozeman, Montana. Um, yes. For the conference there in 2014. Yes. And, um, you know, these airplanes are getting smaller and smaller. They're and Chevy smaller. Cavaliers with wings. They are. I mean, we took uh, two uh, United Express flights, but I mean, it was just like sitting in a, a I don't know, a jail cell would would have been a, a relief. <laughs> well, to- <laughs> and I got to tell you something. The guy next to me, okay, on the on the airplane, pull. Okay, now, I I, I I like etiquette. All right, I like etiquette. All right, so the guy next to me, now, you gotta understand, he's across the aisle from me, but I can reach out and I could put my finger in his ear, okay? That's how close. The, the aisles were so thin, you All know, right. you know, the carts that the ladies bring up and down and they, when they bring you, you drink a complimentary Coke or water yeah. or whatever on the plane, a little snack. They, they barely, I mean, it, it's about two, to Bozeman, two feet wide. We aisles. had, uh, it was kind of tight on the way back, coming back when we stopped over in Denver and we had to catch it, you know, for, Montana to Denver, Denver to Chicago, Chicago to Cleveland, Cleveland back here. But um, this time it was just, they were so small. There was no fresh air in there. And, you know, you sit in the back by the bathrooms. It's just a, a bad situation. Well, uh, we, we, we saw, I saw the off. pilot. I thought the pilot got yeah. up and went to the bathroom. I, I mean, the he's in there for like 15 <laughs> minutes. I'm thinking, what's he doing? <laughs> what with the pilots in there? <laughs> We're over <laughs> a lake. What? What? something I don't know about? All right. Well, anyway, I, I got to tell you this, guys and, and ladies, because this is, and I, and I told this story, but I don't think I told it really well. Okay, so go, so leaving leaving our airport from our city, um, 
And, and remind me about the guy, guy across the aisle, because i got to finish that story. But leaving our, our okay, so I, I was losing my voice for some reason when we were leaving here. And I think, you know, God probably was protecting me. I, I really believe God oh, said, yeah. you're going to have to shut up, man. Yep. You know? Yep. Okay. His yells were, were, were whispers. Okay. Well, yeah, so I, I get to the airport. Now, now, for some reason on my ticket, on my boarding pass, I was TSA pre-screened. Now, go figure, right? Go figure. All right. So uh, they walked me around all the to-do stuff, but they said, you still got to go through the metal detector. I said, okay, I'm, I'm okay with that, the metal detector. And I didn't have any, any metal on me. I, I really didn't. I, I carry my badge and my badge case with me, all right? Now, now folks, follow this because you're, you're going to like this. There's a lesson here to be learned. I put my stuff in the in the bin and I walk through the metal detector and all of a sudden this I hear this beep now they know they know I don't have any metal on me and this effeminate Walmart TSA idiot looks at me and says well now you were randomly selected for a search okay Okay, now, now let me tell you something. Okay, when I heard that, I said, so I, you know, I went in there with a bad attitude. Then I see this, 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 and I don't, I don't, I'm not making fun of his appearance or his mannerisms, but I really was, it, it was how he said it, and, you know, it was like, I got you, I got you. So he pulls me over to, to the secondary screening area. And he said, meanwhile, now, now, think of it, now just get it. I remember this, my wallet with my, I have a badge, okay, and because we're PIs. It's, it's in my wallet along with my money, my credit cards, my license and all the, you know, everything you can carry. And, uh, so it's in the bin. So it goes through x-ray. It goes through x-ray at the same time I'm standing on this stupid mat where, you know, they, they have these... You remove your shoes and the footprints no, are there. I have to remove my, my shoes. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. The pre- but you got to, you know, and I said, now put your feet in the in the little, in the, where, the designated areas. And, okay, now I'm getting, like, really twisted at this point, okay, because he's just really starting to rile me up. And then all of a sudden, at, at, I see all the scurry, people scurrying around the... Uh, uh, x-ray machine where my badge is. I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know, they, they're wondering maybe who I work for. Well, folks, <clears throat> make sure you check your, your wallet, guys, yeah. guys, yeah. because I had forgotten about 10, I don't know, a long, a long time ago. Well, we, we both got, um, I don't even the know. Carbon, they're carbonite uh, knives. They look they're like a credit card. Credit card that fold up into knives, and they're made out of uh, carbonite steel. Okay, so the x-ray machine shows the outline of a, of a steel knife in my wallet. Okay. Now, now think about this now. And see, and I, I, it's, now, it's in a right. credit card format. Right. So you don't. I have long forgotten about this. And I am now standing on this rubber mat where, you know, you got shoe imprints in front of this, this TSA, whatever. All right. In my hometown now. All right. Now, now things go bad. Things are bad right now because now they think I'm trying to smuggle a knife under the plane. Well, I didn't know what the fuss was. I forgot about the I forgot about the knife. So and, and it gets funnier. And, and see, and Joe and, and my wife and his wife. I mean, they they, they already they're, now even well with the exception of Laura, who Joe's wife, who got like you know they were going through her hair bomb screening residue. Oh yeah, you know, it was it was a residue. explosive. I mean, right? 
just because it's of the ridiculous. last name on the on the license. But yeah, they get they get to the badge case, and not only do they get the knife out, they they take the badge out. And those of you who know how, how badges are are used. They have a pin in the back, and they they take the badge out and they open the pin, and they're looking at this pin like it's something they've never seen before. Poking. Oh, they're it they're actually trying it. to poke themselves with the <laughs> with the end of the pin. Okay. Now, again, folks, there is that we're not wasting time. This is the, there is a, an important lesson here. First of all, and, and I'm being very serious. There are there, guys I know. I know. Make sure before you leave home, you check your wallets because there's probably stuff in there like you know you forgot from you know high school if you're still. It depends because I I don't. I mean, I, I, look, I, I have the same wallet I had for. I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, I don't buy new things. Okay, anyway. So, all right. So, so the so the TSA there's like three agents over there looking at at this my wallet, and then this effeminate guy is telling me to put my arms up. Well, I've got a bad shoulder and a bad back, and and I said, uh, you know, and and he, he says I've got to I've got to uh, read these instructions to you, but um, you have to keep your arms out. And I said I can't do that physically. I cannot physically keep my left arm out. And he and he we t- kept talking over me. I said, would you shut up? I told him, I said, shut up and listen to me. I'm telling you, I can't hold my arms up. Now, remember, his voice is very, uh, his his throat is basically, his voice is gone. Okay, well, right, and, 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 and praise God, because now, now it's not, okay, now they found this knife, and now I'm, I'm arguing with this, with this effeminate TSA guy. And now they're ripping through. They saw the the X-ray on my on my knife. So finally, they stopped this effeminate guy and said, "We need to talk to him right over here." So they dragged me over to this by the X-ray machine, and they said, "You got a knife in here." I said, "What are you talking about? I have a knife in there. I don't have a knife in there." He said, "You got a knife in there." I said, "Well, give me my wallet." Okay. Oh, you know. And I said, "Okay." You know what? I believe it is. I said, "I think it could be like one of those credit card things." I said, "It's been there forever. Take it out." We can't find it. I said, well, you x-rayed it. Well, we can't find it. So they take everything, everything out of my wallet. I mean, they took my wallet apart. Then they ripped into my wallet itself. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they tore my wallet. Now I'm, excuse the expression, peeved. Okay. And I said, if you hand me the wallet, I can find it without destroying my wallet. And they said, I can't let you do that, sir. I said, so what, are you going to rip my wallet right there? Okay, now uh, okay, now I'm getting really angry. And my wife is like, shut up. Be quiet. You know, and, and Joe is like. Kind of like, like hey. I was in Montana. <laughs> yeah, and, and Joe is saying, hey, calm down. So, okay, now, uh, finally, after they ripped the wallet apart, they find this credit card thing, and he hands it to me. Or he shows it. To, I shouldn't say hands it. He, show, he holds it up and says, see? This is a deadly weapon you attempted to take on the airplane. I said, I didn't take, attempt to take anything on the airplane. I said, that's been in my wallet. You know, I said, you can keep it. In fact, let me tell you exactly where you can put it. Well, all right. That time my wife says, okay, now you, you got to calm down and everything. Anyway, he says, well, you can put it back in your car. I said, then I got to come back through security again, right? I'm not going to do that. Anyway, I didn't drive. So you can put it, and then kind of my voice kind of went out. So I, I got dragged back to the, the, the foot, little footy, uh, uh, outlines. And, and the guy has to read, not, not again, he has to reread the, these instructions. And I told, I said at this point, you shut up 
do what you got to do. Do it now. I see you're a bunch of Nazi thugs. And, and then I started going off and, and see the louder I yelled. I was going like this. I, I'm yelling them at the top of my voice. I'm saying, you Nazi jackpot it thugs. That, that's like that. You know, when Coach I couldn't Dave, talk. Coach Dave, when he, when he, you know, uh, does a presentation, sometimes even on radio, but especially in person, he will lose his voice. And I've never heard your voice go that bad before. I mean, he really was. And Tuesday it was it was you know a little bit better. I mean it was actually a lot better. Yeah, it was. I, mean, I, I don't know. What, but I'm, I'm, so God had to come in and, and say, Doug, you cannot do this, man. <laughs> you know because and and I'm letting the expletives fly. Okay, and I'm sorry. I'm a Christian man. I I did repent and I will continue to repent for, for but I'm calling this this guy every name in the book and then I drag this airport cop because I see I know, I know the airport they were nice. cops they were nice yeah I know the airport cops and he had a german shepherd yep. and I said come here a minute get over here they even helped well, explain to me that's a, yeah, that's a, they were so nice in explaining to me even on the way back how to get around some of the stuff we went through going there with Laura uh, the cop did. He said, you know, just you, you take her carry on. Uh, just let her go through, you know, by herself with no luggage, no carry on, and it'll go a lot quicker for you. And, and he That's was right. right. Yeah. So, but the bottom line is, and, 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 cause I asked, I knew the police chief at the airport, you know, and, and in fact, him and I were, I don't want to say friends, but we had, we'd had some dealings together. And I said, is it's, it's, it's someone's here, is here, you know, and I'm like, you know, I said, well, do you work with these Nazi jackboated thugs? You want a bunch of, you know, and I'm just going off, and but I can't talk. I mean, above a whisper. I, I'm yelling at, at a whisper, okay? And that's the only thing that saved me from jail. And you know what? God did that, I believe. I, I really did. I really believe that God said, you know, Doug, I'm going to rip your voice from the box <laughs> right out of there. Anyway, and, and meanwhile, and, and, and I'm watching, and at the same time, too, I can see the secondary where they're, where they're, poor Joe's wife. I mean, my goodness, swabbing her for explosives. What is this? And she, really? She was messing around with them, too. She had a, she had a good attitude about it. Meanwhile, there's this guy with a backpack with, with wires sticking out and a, and a stick of dynamite and a road flare going on, you know, running around security. <laughs> this Arab going around security. That's not an exaggeration. No, that, no, that is an exaggeration. But, but you know, uh, look, you know, but he, but so here's what I'm, here's, here's, no, this is what I believe. Here's the takeaway from this. If it's not us right now, then who is it going to be to bankrupt the airlines? Okay. You know, we, we, a, we need to do something right now. Uh, on Sunday, there was a media panel that we had, and uh, one of the, during the Q&A parts, the, uh, People would come up and stand in line and ask a question. And the panel was great. Josh Tolley was on fire on Sunday. And, uh, I don't know, folks, I don't know what we'll be able to, to put up on YouTube. We did a, a, some background interviews that we will, uh, oh, we got so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to give you, we're gonna, folks tonight, we, you, you better call your friends, your family, your, your neighbors, your, your, because we are going to give you some background information that you don't want to miss. And I guarantee you there are going to be a lot of people saying, oh, I wish you wouldn't have said that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the news that we're going to cover also. Um, and I see our, our YouTube chatters are in there. And uh welcome you guys. I don't think the Blog Talk chat's open tonight. But, um, yeah, they're they're continuing to pour in. I know people weren't expecting a live show tonight, but we got and you know in the, in the Joe wasn't expecting a live show tonight. Yeah, and neither was Eric. And, and by the way, I on I, the plane, he's like, 
get to the studio. We're going to do a live show. And I said, uh, let's, okay. we can do it. Uh, you know, I was looking at my watch. I'm thinking, okay, so we can do this, back man. In time, yeah. We can do it. And, and we needed to do it. You know, it's too long. Last Tuesday was our last live show. And, you know, as much as, as the traveling and the, you know, we were, and God bless Rhonda and JD and his, uh, his, his wife. wife. Oh, and, uh, you know, Beautiful. Everybody Beautiful. who was there, Eric and, and, and Joe, and Joe, Jackie. Joe Charles, the, the, yeah. you know, uh, the folks. These guys worked oh. their butts off. This was such a, a great event. And, you know, we were busy, you know, pretty, pretty much every day from, from morning till, till night. And, uh, you know, these people worked really hard. And I hope everybody who is in these chat, in the chat room, uh, who was at the conference, you know, uh, just share an email with Mike and Jeannie. Uh, let them know how you how you enjoyed it. Uh, they, they got over. They, they got a couple hundred emails already from people that awesome. attended, saying how, awesome. how great it was. Because you know, as we'll talk about later uh, with this other situation that was on, that was ongoing at the but conference. You know what, Joe? I, I wait, wait. Even I, Russ talked about in, in an email about how okay. uh, the okay, Lord really ahead. moved at this yeah. conference. How hundreds, you know, came to the Lord, got saved. Even me and my wife, uh, you know, rededicated ourselves, got baptized. Pastor Langford was was just fantastic. Him and his wife on Sunday morning. I mean, you talk about an actual church service that the churches need a message to hear. You know that he never lets lets down. Um, and I just wish every church in America would play that message from from Sunday he gave because it was a, it was on repentance. Yes, and it was very powerful. Yes. Every speaker there, you know. I, I, this one lady I met in the elevator, she said she had never listened to to one of our shows, but she was going to start. And I asked her, you know, did you sit and watch all the speakers? And she said, yeah. I said, well, we just ruined it for you. You know, you can't. When you see these guys on, in our radio show, they do a tremendous job, but it's nothing like seeing it's nothing them in like person. person. And, and, and I had a, a, a just a gorgeous, beautiful uh, lady. She, she must have been, I don't know, maybe 80. She was in her 80s. She came up to me and she says, I have a bone to pick with you. And I said, okay, what's that? <laughs> yeah. And she said, you know, you stutter, you talk, you, you know, and I mean, she, she went right through and everything, you don't finish sentences and God bless her. And she's exactly right. And I said, you know, you're right. You're exactly right. And she said at the end, but I still love you. So, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, look, there was so much love there. There was so much fellowship yeah. there and. You know, uh, I forget who made the comment. One of the speakers, he said, "You know, there's no haughty people here. There's no people who think that they're better or think that they're, it's not about the ideas, the doctrines, the ideology. Everybody was very humble. Everybody was so loving. I mean, it was just a great place to be, um, and and it, it was just fantastic. And so many young people there. I just got to say this: we met a great kid, Joseph, who's in college, uh, who we talked to, who's been talking about, you know, trying to wake his his uh, peers and his, his family up as well as a kid named thomas who came all the way from holland 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 that that's like the country 26 not, not not new york that's the country holland the live stream uh, was in being streamed in kazakhstan and in other countries that you know uh, are not around this nation um it was just so powerful and i hope everybody got you know i hope their expectations uh were blown away by what they what they witnessed and what uh, they were a part of. You, you know, I, I have to say this. Both uh, Joe really, really, really did a great job. Joe, my son, and I'm so proud of him, and especially for uh, Sunday being uh, baptized, him and his wife, and I was so proud of him. I, I well, unfortunately I couldn't be there. And we got video of it. To, we'll be putting that up uh, at some point. Yes, as well. yes, and and folks, we're going to be putting some pictures up there. Going to just absolutely blow your mind. Okay. Um, 
I got to figure out how to do this. Whether we're going to put it on, I, th- I think what we'll, we'll do is we'll put it on, we'll, uh, probably put it on HagmanReport.com. dot com. Um, there, there are some things that I do want to talk talk about, but not right this moment. Now we we are going to get news, okay? But we have to dispense with the guy. We're, we're decompressing. I, you got to understand. I mean, we just got off. Like you know, I'm still. And we were sitting with uh, our wives on the plane. We didn't really talk about. And, and, you know, news was far and few between at the conference as we were paying attention to the speakers and, and our right. duties there and uh, trying to meet every single per. You know, it was interesting. I thought we met everybody during the three days we were there. We had uh, two to three people at the airport in Dallas right. when we were leaving come up to us and say that they didn't meet us at the conference. I, I, you know what? You didn't see this, but I had one person in Chicago. Oh, wow. One person in Chicago at, at, at our layover. Yeah, it was just, I mean, it was fantastic. And, you know, uh, send us your feedback if, if you would yes. like, um, because I just, um, I don't know. It was such a moving and powerful experience. And I know that it brought hundreds of people together, even so much so that during Pastor Langford's, uh, sermon on Sunday morning, I heard more than a half dozen people just in earshot of me who were on the phone with their spouses, their grandparents that, that were having them listen to Pastor Langford via their phone call, um, which is something you just rarely see, you know. Uh, and, and, uh, Russ on Friday night, he did just an awesome job. L.A. Marzulli, Pastor Billy Crone, even John Robertson, uh, uh, our Hollywood insider, he, he did a, a fantastic oh, presentation. You know, Coach Dave I could not Benham. believe John's, uh, presentation. Okay. You know, I don't know why I couldn't believe it, but I, it was just, I mean, I was mesmerized by, by his, his presentation. It was nothing like I thought it was going to be. And he came out of there from start to finish, Joe. John knocked it right out of the park. He put together a fabulous, and he did a lot of work on a PowerPoint presentation he used. Um, as well as L.A. Marzulli got through 108 slides in two hours. God bless, God bless that man too. Yeah. We, <laughs> a lot of things happen behind the scenes that uh, <laughs> I just uh, L.A. We we uh, things didn't uh, the trains weren't running on time, folks. At, at certain event or at certain segments, and L.A. got kind of you know he had he, L.A. I love it because what he does, he'll take he's got 108 slides right, and he's got what two hours. So he he has, I mean, right to the second. You're talking about a minute of slide, basically. Right, but I mean, he's got like right to the second planned out. I mean, he leaves nothing to chance. So if if he's if if somebody says, okay, you've got 120 minutes, bang, okay, he's expecting 120 minutes. But when you know if if he doesn't have 120 minutes, it really throws off his presentation. So uh, I I thought he was gonna you know put me in a headlock behind the uh, (laughs) behind the screen there. Uh, but but he he was no I mean seriously he he was such a he, he but but you know what he, he really uh, L A Marzilli really did a, a fantastic uh, presentation there but um, I, I, I want to just acknowledge this I just want to thank Rhonda so much because I know that she just must have walked in the door um, and none of us got much sleep I think I think uh, we probably each got maybe three three hours of sleep a night those people who were once there, the conference started yeah yeah. Because we did some other things, uh, you know, we went and shot some uh, footage at Dealey Plaza. Uh, oh, we, we had to talk the, about Dealey Plaza. Too. Eric had the uh, video camera, and I had the microphone, and I found something at Dealey Plaza that I did not know was there, which was an excerpt from a speech Kennedy was to give at Dallas that he never made made it to. That kind of surprised That's me. That's a trademark, and, and you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure ninety percent of you folks know about that speech, but to be reminded of it again. 
Yeah, and I, I was not familiar with it, but it, I don't want to say, I don't know much about President Kennedy as far as, I know he was the, the first Catholic president, the youngest president. And no, no, he was no, no. This is a trivia question, actually. Teddy Roosevelt was the youngest president. Oh, because um, uh, CNN had, has been running a series, "Road to the Election," and showing right. all these uh, the footage from all these uh, previous elections and how you know there was, uh, you know, the ins and outs from Watergate and Nixon uh, versus Kennedy and um, right. And I watched that one on CNN where uh, Kennedy beat Nixon, and they were you know they, at the very end they threw in allegations of voter fraud in Illinois and a few other. Oh, states oh there was uh, there was tremendous I, voter fraud. Yeah, I didn't know that stuff. Um, but the 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 words in Kennedy's speech um, talked. You know, there was key words in there: fulfilling our ancient vision of world peace uh, and goodwill towards men, which is a UN. Yes. You know, one of the UN yes. trademarks in, in their um, basically their their charter or commandments, whatever you'd like to call them. Um, and you know, we talk about presidents and their role and how speeches are written for them, and they are part of an agenda. Um, you know they're more more like news heads than anything else. They read what's on the screen for them, but it was surprising to see that in Dallas that 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 what that was there. And I took uh, and did a, did about a 15 minute video clip from there. So we'll put that stuff together and we'll get it up on YouTube as soon as possible. And uh, but yeah, Dealey Plaza. We we also are going to be having on a guest, um, and I'll let my dad explain more about this later. But uh, there's a guy there. Um, who who basically sits there each and every day, and we didn't have a lot of time to talk to him. I think his name is Oates Oaks Michael Oaks, um, if I remember correctly. But it is uh, I mean when when you see it, when I was at Dealey Plaza standing there at first and walking around before he shot the footage, you know you're standing there and it's like you can watch. It's like I saw the Zapruder film in my mind as I'm standing there and watching it in real life in a way. And they have X's where the uh, they have three X's. One they say where Oswald missed, and then they showed the other two places where the uh, the governor and president. Well, they, you know what, Joe? I didn't mean to. Uh, no, sorry for interrupting. They actually uh, um, took those X's out uh, for the 50th anniversary, if you can believe that. There's a lot um, that that we learned. As a matter of fact, and I did not tell you this. I didn't have a chance because we, I didn't barely saw you um we got a we do have a pack somebody gave us a package of information we were supposed to meet somebody in dallas um actually a man by the name of james tag t-a-g-u-e wrote a book he was injured by a uh, by a piece of concrete from the first shot from the ricochet yeah Okay, I, and I can say this now because I have safely in my hot little hands, well, not really, but in the vault here at the studio, the package from, it was delivered to our, to our hotel um, from a relative of his, I cannot be specific, that has documents in it that have never been made public about the assassination. All right, and about the Warren Commission and about the assassination. I, I, I was, it's, it's pretty voluminous. I looked through it. And you might say, well, so what? That was, what, 50-some years ago. No, no, it has a lot to do with what's going on today, even in this election, okay? That's how important this is. That we're going to be talking about that this week. And and tonight, also, I want to hit this. You know, there's a, tr- a few Trump events, and there was some stuff that was going on. 
you had a rally or a speech he was giving in Arizona where protesters blocked off traffic and uh, they chained themselves to their car. At the same time, they were there were protests in New York City. Hundreds, if not thousands, gathered outside of Trump Towers, blocking the entrances. Uh, the anti-Trump uh, rallies are heating up. Now we know that MoveOn.org, we know that uh, Bill Ayers is behind it, like he is so many of these things. Uh, George Soros funding it. And now, you know, they are using uh, Nazi symbolism to go against uh, Jewish people. This is from the Gateway Pundit. Uh, hundreds of anti-Trump supporters taunt Jews at AIP or AIPAC with Nazi imagery. Up to 1,000 anti-Trump protesters gathered outside of Washington D.C. Convention Center for Donald Trump Donald Trump's speech at the AIPAC policy conference. And what they did was just disgusting. Uh, they had, uh, they were taunting, uh, Jewish people and targeting Jewish people. The, uh, AIPAC policy conference is the pro-Israeli community's, uh, preeminent annual gathering. The event attracts, um, and I'm sorry, here the ads are popping up, 16,000 community activists and students from all 50 states. Donald Trump is speaking at the conference tonight. Already hundreds of anti-Trump protesters have gathered outside of the convention center, and the symbolism they're using is um, Hitler imagery at this Jewish conference, Nazi signs. Uh, and, and, and Joe, and people ask, uh, you know, people have asked us, well, why so much into the Nazi stuff of late? Well, this we is why. This yeah. is why. Go ahead. We got even more information on that. And they, they say here in the Gateway Pundit, the protesters are not shy about taunting the pro-Israeli attendees with Nazi imagery and how it's just purely disgusting. Um, but the news interview, uh, CNN had a segment where they interviewed, um, I think it was two brothers who were shooting a documentary in, infiltrating the, the uh, protesters and showcasing how the hypocrisy there is, how Trump is, is basically Hitler, uh, how he's a Nazi, how, you know, he is just a hate and they're, what they're doing is not a protest. This is taking away his ability to, to speak freely. Um, you know, he's not out there and, you know, you can think what you will about Trump, but he is not out there, you know, making, and he's being blamed for, for these protests and, and, and what's happening deliberate. at these the disruptions, this protest. And I don't even want to call them protests because there's so much more than that. But the news media, and there's other articles that talk about how the, uh, $52 million in negative ads against Trump and, and, he, and he gains supporters, uh, you know, in the process and the donors are starting to get angry. You have actual articles from GOP insiders saying how, you know, laying out the different strategies of how they're going to take the uh, convention, turn it into a contested convention in order, in order to make sure he does not get the nomination. And on the other side, you have Hillary Clinton being investigated by the FBI, should be indicted, should be facing criminal Felony but she charges. Won't. She won't. No. And this is the Democratic frontrunner who will get the nomination, who will be running for president. And you're hearing now about Romney third party runs, Cruz third party runs. And you remember how they signed that pack and they were so adamant that Trump hold to the, uh, you know, yep. you play by our rules. We'll, and they're doing everything, you know, that they said they're breaking their word with uh, what they agreed to with Trump. And, uh, but say, like I said, say what you will about Trump. You, you but know he what? Is, he is beating in them at their own game. Uh, whether you like what he says, whether you like his ideas or not, that's not the issue here. The issue is that the GOP 
made him sign a piece of paper saying he would not run for a third party. Uh, he obviously is. Um, but but, but the, there's but see okay, there's the um, the the pledge if he, he contingent upon them treating him properly. Right. Well, and now Ted Brower talked uh, and, and he he brought this out and everyone and Joe the other others brought this out as well. Being treated properly means that they are not going to um, do what they're doing right now. So he, basically, they're, they're, they are delegates. forcing him to, right, they're forcing Same. him to go, go to a third party. The second GOP delegate says primary votes don't matter. We make the decision. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, I just want to make this announcement really quick. Uh, folks, we will upload this, this segment to Blog Talk Radio. We usually simulcast. Unfortunately, I must not have hit the right buttons because I uh, were lacking Eric the Tech. Um, so, so uh, we're basically we're basically on Global Star, which is our flagship, and, and YouTube. My but goodness, I missed them. Go ahead, sir. Hopefully, but you know, by the end of the by midnight, I'll have that up on Blog sure, Talk. Sure, sure. Um, as we we try to put the Global Star feed in the Blog Talk archive to make you know give the best quality of sound that Global Star provides. Uh, to the archive listeners from Blog Talk who download via iTunes and others. But, uh, uh, and I do want to mention this. I should have done this at the beginning, folks. Portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by nuts.com. Have you, I, I miss saying that. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> yeah. miss eating them. We didn't at, bring them. I well, didn't bring them unless uh, you were hiding them. I, I, we actually, I actually had, uh, my wife, uh, and I didn't know this. My, my wife and daughter brought, uh, the pistachios and some dried fruit. My, my daughter ate, uh, the, the entire thing of dried fruit and, uh, my wife, the pistachios. But, but folks, nuts.com, that's nuts.com with the microphone code HH. More on that later. Also, wholetoneslive.com. And it was funny because at the conference, uh, Greg Jackson came up to me and said, here, listen to this. And he had, he had this, uh, I, I, I guess, I don't know, iPhones. I am so behind the technology. And on the, and his iPhone, it was playing whole tones. I said, how'd you do that? Oh, I downloaded the, the, the music. I said, well, on the what? He said, on the, my iPhone. I guess you can do that, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, so wholetoneslive.com. And, and he, he was just telling me how his dog Gunner, uh, will oh. lay down, you know, um, the uh, a transformation, I think it's transformation, or one of the what was it, four hundred and some megahertz. Anyway, will will just be so, so docile and so uh, there's no separation of anxiety like when he went to the conference and such. But wholetoneslive.com, nuts.com, but uh, wholetoneslive.com. So okay, go ahead, continue, sir. I uh, yeah yeah now that I, I knocked you right off the <laughs> but thing. the Trump thing, I mean the. Just keep your. I mean, they're going to. Yeah, and, and Alex Jones has been reporting on this on the GOP insiders and and the different strategies they're trying to use to take the nomination away from Trump at the convention. They want chaos. They, uh, you know, they're talking it. You know, they lost their base. Uh, this is from Fox News. I heard a few segments about how they say they lost their party. They lost the party's base. The Trump. They're leaning. The Trump voters are leaning more right. And every time that they go after him with attack ads, uh, and. $52 million, or I'm sorry, $520 million of ads directly trying to bring down Donald Trump have failed. Republican donors tired after giving $520 million to failed candidates. Here's my prediction. 
Joe and, and folks, I don't believe after this election there will be a Republican Party as you, well, it, it, already there's not a Republican Party as you once knew it, once you, as you once knew it, but I truly believe that after this election the Republican Party will be dead. And, and um, you know, there was a, a show we did with Nathan Leal a while, like a year ago maybe, and he talked about a vision he had about the Republican Party. It, it was elephants with red, um, what do you call those things that are on the backs? Uh, just, I don't know, I'd say red blankets that were covering their backs and how they were on a highway and they all got off the exit. Uh, this was before we knew Trump was running. This was before. And, and, you know, that was right on the money is what we see today. Um, and that was just very interesting to, you know, think about that the other day that just popped in my mind and to see the, the fragmentation of this, you know, you have the Karl Rove type, uh, Republican insiders. And you have the base. They're alienating their voters yes. of the party. Yes. They're alienating the supporters, the donors, uh, for the most part. And they are openly strategizing how to illegally steal the election or nomination from, from the front runner, Donald Trump. And they're not hiding it. No, they're not. And that's scary to me. Uh, when they can do, when they can get away with that and the, the party, uh, voters, the party donors are not holding their feet to the fire. And as I said earlier, they signed a contract with Donald Trump. He He's not allowed to run for a third party. He gave his word that he wouldn't in order. They gave their word they would back him as a candidate uh, if he did get the nomination. But, you know, obviously they're going back on their word. They never thought he would get the nomination. So now they're openly moving against him in every way to the point of saying they even endorse Hillary Clinton in order to stop him. Or even put a third-party candidate in like Romney or Cruz as a third-party candidate in order to take the votes away from Trump. I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling. And that's, are, are, are we getting the feeling, Joe, Joe let me ask you this. Uh, are, are you getting the feeling that, that the establishment Republicans want Hillary Clinton to be elected? <sighs> How's that Basically, for a question? Yeah. I mean, they're taking away the strongest Republican candidate who has the most support. And they, you know, they'll, they lie and they say that, you know, he, he polls worse against Clinton in a, in a, in an election. But, you know, they have said that, uh, he is not going to win Florida. He's not, Ohio was, I think, the only surprise there. But Kasich, basically, it was neck and neck, you know, such a close margin of votes. And Kasich's been a, a, uh, 80% approval rating in Ohio for more than 30 years in the politics that uh, he's been there. He just got reelected two years ago and he couldn't win a, a in, he didn't Trump even win in his Florida. Own state, right? Won, no, he did, I think, win Ohio by a very, very slim margin. Okay. And, you know, we have another candidate, Marco Rubio, a sitting U.S. Senator could not even, uh, win in his own state against Trump. I'm sorry, Mark, Marco Rubio's in the House. Um, where's he in the Senate? He's in the House. Marco Ruby is in the house. But anyway, I mean, we're, we're in the house. The Doug and Joe are in the house. The writing is on the wall. And folks, you are hearing us live on this Monday, March 21st, 2016. Uh, we are, uh, coming to you live from our studios in Northwest Pennsylvania. Yes, we are. We are without Eric Tech. Uh, that's why the static image is up on YouTube. And if you see, if you're on there, it says live show tonight, audio only. With, with what we've got to say, this might go down as one of our more Listen to broadcast given some things that we're gonna. Yeah, in the second hour, tonight. we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna turn it over to you in the second hour and let you explain, um, explain and, and anyone who, if you went to the conference, then you need to listen. 
And if you didn't, and if you didn't go to the conference, well, you need to listen to because. I mean, this is what's what what I'm gonna what what I will reveal. And uh, look, I don't. I'm not gonna give. I'm just gonna say a few things. I'm not gonna get into the entire story, but this is what's coming. We what we saw. It's coming, and we've got the pictures, and I'm gonna post the pictures. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it, it. I was just. I got the full story today when we were talking in the airport, and it saddened me uh, deeply because this is is not how a Christian community needs to act. Whether you're in agreement with one person or personality or another or not in agreement, we're supposed to be brothers and sisters in Christ first and foremost. And, and you know, while we're on the subject of the conference, because we only have a few minutes off the top of the hour, I just want to, to everyone listening to this either live or listening to this eventually via archive who were at the conference, you know, one thing that, that struck me, I, I looked in your eyes, the, the people, and we tried to, uh, we tried to meet everybody there in person, shake their hand and give them a hug, and people know I'm not really a hugger, okay? But I'll, I'll tell you something. I mean, I went back uh, at one one time. I didn't get back to the to the room until I, know, I was after one thirty or two o'clock in the morning, and I woke my wife up. And you know, I mean, I, look, I, I got to tell you, I'm not one to I'm not one to to be, get emotional. But man, I was I was in tears. Just uh, yeah, you know. I mean, how could you not be? I, I mean, people were so great. I mean, when when people come up to you and and. They have tears in their eyes and saying, you know, thank you so much for what you do. And folks, you have to understand, uh, and I said this many times at the conference, both behind the scenes and, and, uh, you know, in front of everybody that we, we basically just show up and get, and try to stay out of the way. Yeah. You, you know, and, and that's one thing I think and as much everyone's got the Lord, that. uh, you know, work through us and, and, and bring the message he wants. But, um, you know, it, it's very humbling when people, uh, come up to you, want to shake your hand, want to take pictures with you, with tears in their eyes, especially talking about how much, you know, I, I couldn't tell you how many times I heard, uh, people there saying that, you know, their families have been saved or came back to, uh, uh, their walk and personal relationship with the Lord because of our show, because of the guests that have been on our show. And, and as we say, you know, that is the Lord working through us because we're a couple of, of mumbling idiots half the Absolutely. Time. And, you know, we had no business being on the radio, no experience to do this. But, um, you know, and that's just, that alone shows you how much the Lord is looking. And Pastor Langford hit on this Sunday. He's looking for those who will, uh, that the Lord can use for his purposes. Uh, you know, Joe, I've never been so convinced and folks, you might think that, I mean, you, you might listen to this and say, man, that's kind of like not, not like Doug. Number one, I've never been more convinced in my entire life that we are actually in the end, end times. I believe that. I believe we're in the end times. And I believe that God is, is calling the remnant. He's creating the remnant or he's, to those who are answering the call and just showing up, he is gathering the remnant. I don't know what that means or where we're going to end up. It, you could be impaired, infirmed, old, young. It doesn't matter. God is picking his team. Yeah, I mean, he is. You know? And all we have to do is, is 
you know, be there and tell the Lord that, you know, just like, uh, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank, um, in Isaiah or Ezekiel, no, either Isaiah or Ezekiel, where, you know, who will, who will go, uh, who, who will, you know, be the one to, to carry out my message, you know, and, and I will, uh, Lord, is, is, is what the paraphrase is here. Uh, and I have my Bible here. I'm looking for it. But, um, you know, who is willing? And it, that it's that first step, you know, you, you, uh, make sure that you put, and, and I'm, I'm talking from pa- uh, Pastor Langford's sermon and the message he gave. We put, if we put Jesus first and foremost in our life, um, and, you know, dedicate ourselves to him and tell him we are, are, are willing, uh, to be obedient, willing to listen to him and just to be used in any which way he will use us. Yes. Uh, he will yes. use you. Yes. And it might, it might be anything from, you know, having a platform like this to reaching out and being able to help your family, your neighbors, um, the people that are just in arms and ears reach from you, planting the seeds that, uh, as Coach Dave said, uh, people and the Lord will water uh, through through people and, and through their voices and through uh, the dedication to uh, putting the Lord first. And, and one of the things from the conference here as we're coming to a close of the first hour, there was a, a 14-year-old boy there. And he came up to me on Sunday morning. He said, Joe, how do I not backslide? <laughs> and and, and the you're, the, that, you're the right person to ask, though. No. Well, I mean, yes and no, because I've done my fair share and do my fair share of backsliding all the time. We all do. But uh, I tried to, to give him advice. And, and J.D., what J.D. first uh, came to mind, because he, he does the, was it five proverbs and a psalm or five psalms and a proverb in, right. in the morning? And I told him, I said, you know, you just, as long as you take the first, uh, every, each and every morning, you either say a prayer or read a Bible verse, you put him first in your day, uh, that will, and, and like Alcoholics Anonymous, they tell you, you know, uh, you wake up and, you know, say the serenity prayer, or go to a meeting, and then the rest of your day, uh, you know, you're so much less likely to, to fall back into that trap. Well, it's the same thing with the Lord. You put him, put him first in your day. Uh, and then that will be at the forefront of your mind throughout the rest of the day because he will remind you in subtle ways. And as long as, as your mind is open to the Holy Spirit and his, his teachings and correction, uh, he will bless you more so than, than anything in the spiritual blessings I'm talking about and in, in other ways, in any way that he needs you to be blessed in order for you to continue uh, touching others as being the example, not just talking as the example. Folks, we're up against our first top of the hour break. Stay with us on this Monday, January, March 21st edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Coming to you live, fresh back from the Hear the Watchman Conference in Dallas. We'll be right back with two more hours. Doug and Joe, stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network.
And welcome back, folks, to this edition of the Hagman Hagman Report. It is Monday, the 21st day of March 2016. We are just fresh off of the Hear the Watchman conference. Where were we? Dallas. Dallas, uh, Texas is where we were. Folks, I would be, before we continue with our program, Great Pine, Texas. Yeah, right in Dallas. Great Pine. There. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we found a great website for all of our snacking needs, whether it's nuts, dried fruit, chocolate and sweets, snacks, coffee and tea, cooking and baking items, gifts for us, your boss, whatever, your, your loved ones, nuts.com. What a, what, what a great website and what a great way, um, to, to tell someone, you, you know, that, uh, hey, you know, you care or what a great way just to increase your own supply of healthy nutritional snacks. Now here's the deal, folks. Go to nuts.com. And in the radio box, just enter HH. That's for Hagman and Hagman. And, and our, our listeners, here's what nuts.com did for us. Our listeners can take advantage of this very extra special offer. And, and when you, when you do that, when you put in HH, it'll take you to a landing page where it says, hello there, Hagman and Hagman listener. Choose your four free gifts on this page. Add $25 worth of other goodies to your cart. Place your order. These two to three ounce packs will tickle your taste buds. Indeed, they will. You get to choose four free gifts. I mean, it's a great value. And and I've got to say, um, things that you may never have thought of, like crystallized ginger, Things that are really good for you, or organic trail mix. Um, one thing that that I really am really excited about is the dried strawberries, uh, as well, and other such snacks, folks. If you have dietary restrictions, you can, can you can they take into account. I mean, you you can order. Um, they they tell you, uh, for example, if you've got if you if you're if you if you're if, whatever your diet restrictions are. They will handle whatever your needs are. It's nuts.com. And again, for our listeners in the microphone box, put HH in there and, and you can choose your four free gifts. Add $25 worth of other good goodies. So, you know, you do, you, 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 you make a purchase and you get four free gifts. And it's, it's worth, uh, it's over $15, I believe. I mean, just from my experience and checking this, it's a, it's a $15 value. You can't go wrong at nuts.com, microphone code 8HH. And I do remember this. This is so important to me because I like companies where I, I can speak to the people in charge. And nuts.com is one of those. I spoke with the head nut there. Uh, and I kid, I kid about that, but the CEO of this third generation company family owned his name is Jeff and he's just such a great great guy and he was and I got him out of quality control testing but he took a moment to talk with to talk with me about his company about what about how how very on top of quality control they are non-gmo type things um, you know it's just the, the best you can get I am a firm believer, and, and folks, everything that we talk about on this program, we are customers. We try it first before it even, we, before it even gets to the air. And that's nuts.com, microphone code HH, nuts.com. But, but hurry, take advantage of this offer, please. Take advantage of this offer. Your four free gifts, 
after with your $25 order um and, and just go wild go wild and, and again you boy t- and tell me how you like the dried strawberries if, if you like those or the berry mix oh what a great mix that is uh, it's just it's just great nuts.com microphone code hh we want to thank them for uh sponsoring portions of of this broadcast and, and say thank you folks try them out Give them a try, and I guarantee you will be repeat customers. That's nuts.com, microphone code HH. Now, I want to thank everyone who's listening live on YouTube, on, on YouTube and also Global Star Radio Network. And I, during the break, I, and I know this one not over the air, but we know that we have an open mic. It's not, it's no secret. Um, you know, I just want to say thank you to Global Star. We missed Global Star. We missed doing our program during the week we were gone but but you know what we had and and what we're trying to do was trying to we took our equipment with us and we attempted to do and this is behind the scenes stuff we attempted to do um live streaming from where we're at okay well we don't have the the, the proper equipment to do that it's it's just that simple and you're looking really to do that. And you think, well, wait a minute. You could take an iPhone or whatever those things are and you could do it. That's true. But to sync, S-Y-N-C, sync all of the platforms in which we broadcast, it, it's it, really, we're, we're looking to invest in roughly $20,000 $20, more of equipment to, to, to do these things. Soon so we'll have the ability, yes. um, you know, we're having a, a custom, uh, piece of equipment built that is is not cheap that is in in the works right now and it's being designed by by eric the tech in order to bring video uh from the guests who appear on our show that's right um and you know for some reason you think it'd be easier there'd be easier ways to do this but uh with your support through your support and you know through the the blessings we received and, and through the not only financial blessings but the prayers the the uh and especially Eric and, and JD and their uh, you know dedication and, and visions for for how to better grow this show and, and reach as many people as possible and improve it in every way that they can. I mean, they are on top, on the ball on this. And without those two guys, we could not. Uh, no, I we mean, wouldn't have the studio. We wouldn't you know be you know, reaching out to the to the people we are now. And, and I believe, Joe, are the, the the big voice in the wilderness out there is Global Star Radio Network. I really believe that, and I believe with all of my heart that the, the marriage of of our program and as long as Global Star will have us on their network, I truly. And I believe this. As we enter into these rough times, and trouble is ahead, it's directly ahead, folks. But fear not, because we have God. And and I and five years ago, I would have kind of chuckled and said, "Yeah, I know that." But but now I truly believe. After looking in the eyes of people at the conference, after talking with the people, after uh, each and every one of you. And we had a couple of opportunities where we, I, we missed so many. I missed so many because we were so busy. But so, uh, I, I spoke with, in fact, I had a conversation with with a, with a gentleman in, in, the, in the in the lobby of the hotel. It was about four thirty in the morning. Uh, I'm not sure was it this morning or yesterday. 
I think it, I think it was yesterday. yesterday. And folks, people are hungry for the truth. They want the truth. They want to know what's coming, but they also want the solutions. And this is how we are going to proceed. But I believe that the, getting back to my point, I believe that the, the single uh, voice in the wilderness will be at the epicenter of all this Global Star Radio Network because uh, I just, I truly believe that. I mean, you've got Russ Dizdar and Dave Hodges and other programs on Global Star. Ted Brewer. Ted Brewer, thank you, yes. And, and I heard, a, I don't know if you heard this kind of off, it's, Larry Nichols was doing a program here. I heard he was rushed to the hospital uh, last Heart week, I believe. Yeah. And, and uh, folks, keep Greg Evenson's family in your prayers as well. Um, we received some some heartbreaking news as Greg Evenson's wife. She, she she's well, she's okay. She's okay, but she had a heart attack. Yes, this weekend or this la- in this last couple of days. Um, and and all of you know Greg's health issues that he's been going through, uh, from having his his toes removed to, uh, you know, being basically bedridden and. Um, but yeah, Greg and Liz Evenson. Two of the most gracious people of integrity you'd ever want to meet and talk to, uh, Liz Evenson. Uh, and I think it's okay for me to say that she, she they, they did put a stent in uh, okay. one of her arteries, uh, but she's doing she's she's going to be fine. I don't believe there was much damage to her heart, but you know it throws throws a family into chaos, right? Yeah, I can believe when I heard that we were because we were talking about Greg with Pastor Langford the day before that. Yes, and and you know he's just like us. He doesn't want to call and and, and bother uh, them. And and we know if something important is happening, they will you know reach out to Steve or someone and, and give us updates. But the the next day to hear that news and Sheila Zelensky also keep her in your prayers because while she was at the conference, her father uh, suffered a a minor heart attack as well, uh, and he's doing okay. Last time I talked with Sheila. But, um, and, and her mother's on life support. taking care of her mother, yeah. 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 So, you know, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that, that many of us don't know about or are just learning about. And somebody quoted in, in the YouTube chat room earlier about how the, the spiritual attacks are ramping up, the spiritual oppression's ramping up and intensifying. And I would, you know, definitely agree because it's not only affecting, um, the, the people we have on our show, but many of the listeners in their walk with the Lord. Have yes, come up against yes. fierce opposition from the enemy, and this is this will open up the second hour because uh, you need, folks, you need to know what's going on behind the scenes a little bit. All right, uh, and also Steve Quayle, keep him in your prayers. He's really sick. Okay. Yeah, he has a, a very serious congestion issues, and I didn't know last time he had uh, this bad of bronchitis or pneumonia or whatever's going on with him uh, that he cracked a rib from coughing. <clears throat> yes, and. Uh, He's either was supposed to be on Jim Baker's show this or go out there and and do uh, an episode with Tom Horn. Either it was last Tuesday or this Tuesday, but um, yeah, I mean he, he's down. And uh, now I have not talked with him since we've been back. In fact, I haven't talked with him at all. This came from uh, Pastor Langford, who did speak with him, and, and I, I'm not going to bother him. Um, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll send him a note. But uh, yeah, Joe, I mean it, it's. It, but you're right. I do believe these are these attacks are spiritual in nature. And and speaking of that, let me give you some behind the scenes information. And and I, I don't know how many people in the chat room uh were at the conference. Um 
I don't even know how to do this. If if you were, I I have on on one of the monitors here the uh, the chat the chat room. Yeah, yeah we both have yeah. it. Up. Okay, all right, there we go. So if you if you were at the conference, just put in uh, I don't know what hi or something or let us know was there. Let us know if if you were there. Um, here's why. You, you know, you know that this conference was, was, there were attacks made on this conference from the beginning. You know that there were people trying to make this conference not go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright, so I, I see a couple of people like, hi, okay, uh, in the chat room, saying that they were there. Now, Phil, thank you. Wings for widow. Okay. Um, did folks? Quite a few were in there. Uh, so far, I see that. Okay. Did, did did you did you see the police presence out there? Do, do you know why they were there? Did, I, I I don't I don't know. That's right. They they did fail. I, I want to publicly thank, and I know, I know, I know one individual is listening. I want to publicly thank the Grapevine, Texas Police Department. Yeah, they did a, a, a fantastic job. I want to thank the Sheriff's Department. Because. And the FBI. Well, yes, the FBI. We had a situation. And the U.S. Marshals. And the U.S. Marshals. <laughs> we had we had every agency, I think, there. In fact, uh, on and many of you may not know this, but uh, I think it was what Saturday night, uh, the federal uh, a federal marshal came in and had to take someone out. All right, here's here's the situation. You know all of the, the the gunk and gory stuff running up to the conference, right? All the you know, oh, it's you know, people. There was an attempt not to, to shut it down. Number one, and number two. I mean, you you have no folks. You've got no clue. Those people who 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 who. who um, and I'm not going to get angry or anything like that. I'm just going to going to state facts. Um, you know how there was some. Disagreements that, that that kind of I don't know that were just blown out of proportion. Well, that that's kind of how things started. But here's what happened that you don't know about. Now I don't have Mike's permission or Jeannie's permission to talk about this, but I think I, I can say a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna have I, I do I I intend to have them both on, or we do. I shouldn't say I we do. Yeah, because there's this. some stuff in the in the pipeline coming down. Yes, um, that we'll talk about later. Well, well we here, the, the, the you know I don't I'm not one I don't like drama. Okay, I I just really don't like drama. I I have it's distasteful, it's unbecoming, it's uncivilized. I just don't like drama. But anyway, uh, right before the conference, there was an individual, an individual who has been on our show. 
once, I believe. Uh, yeah, maybe once. I don't know. Who called up the Grapevine Police Department and said that? Well, he he, he said there was a very specific threat, a credible threat, to the speakers of the conference. Now, there, there's a reason why I'm telling you this. Okay, not not for disparaging anyone in particular, but I, I just to give you an idea of the battle that we're facing. We, Joe and I had arrived at the con- uh, in Dallas on Monday night, late Monday night, or with our families, and um, we had uh, meetings on Tuesday outside of the conference, independent of the conference, and Wednesday. The Thursday night, we had meetings for the conference. Well, during this time, there was a the Graveline police were notified by a person saying that, that there was going to be an event to take place at the conference. Against the speakers, not not the people, but against the speakers. It was kind of a, a nebulous threat. It was it was non-specific. Well, it was kind of specific, but it wasn't. It wasn't a hundred percent specific. So the Grapevine police had to respond. So what they did was they they erected a surveillance tower outside of the hotel. Now this thing. Um probably, what, 25 feet up in the air, 30 right. feet up in the air. Right. It was a uh, tinted-out um, glass box. On and a, there a, were cameras inside. Yeah. And Eric texted he There was a sniper up in there, but obviously uh, it, there wasn't enough room. But, yeah, they had this. They had brought in the uh, sheriff's tower for the surveillance. Now, that on top of the Grapevine police for Saturday and Sunday, as well as the incident on Saturday where the marshals came and took somebody out of there. Um, that, that's a whole other story. Around that were very odd. man paid with cash, uh, gave a fake name, no ID, didn't want to see, show anybody what was in his book bag. And this was on Friday night. And, and the one thing that I, I noticed is that he looked like he was very upset and angry, had a very angry face. And when Russ was speaking, didn't clap once, didn't smile once. But the... Um, and, and, and somehow the grapevine, the, the police officer had him under surveillance, had his hand on his gun, yeah. staring and, daggers the ten feet away, you know, from this guy, right? And, 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 and doing their and, job. And Chance, I got to tell you, Chance was was there um, on guard, on point. The police were there uh, on this man, and um, he he did not pose. And I'll, and I'll say this: I, I can say this with authority. He did not pose a threat to anyone in the in the right. in the audience. He was at the speakers against the speakers. Mm-hmm. He he was taken out. He he almost was taken down. Like literally taken out of the building, not taken out. Isn't R- right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I probably should be a little bit more okay. So anyway, the the surveillance tower was erected uh, for our protection. It was not against us, but for our protection. And I've got photographs we're going to publish on HagmanReport.com. Uh, well, it, it gets worse from there because during the conference, this individual called again and said, uh, "I'm not going to okay. I'm not going to tell you what he said, but but he did deliver a very very specific threat with the." time exact time the exact session at which this was going to take place and against the very people who were going to be killed Mm -hmm. I was one of them 
And, you know, I'm going to stop there uh, with respect to naming the, because I, I don't know if the others want to be named, but I was one of those people. And Mike was the conference organizer. I didn't know this. In fact, <laughs> I done that the hard way. Okay, yeah, and, and here's what happened and, on and Sunday morning. Now, I'm going to be real careful with what I say here, Joe. Okay, because, okay, so 9 o'clock, Pastor Langford began his, and it was going to happen at, between, during Pastor Langford, this event, this was going to happen during Pastor Langford's uh, session. I'm not even sure Pastor Langford knows about this. So, I, we, we, Joe and I were doing some things, and he, Joe was getting ready for baptism and, and all of this during the, after 9 o'clock. Well, as it happened, I went down early in the morning. I think Joe, you and I both, well, you and I both did. And the, the hotel, all the, all the, uh, doors on the hotel, except for the main doors, were locked. Yeah, and we had used a lot of these, um, side exits and back exits to go out, get fresh air here and there and talk with other yeah, people. talk with people. Right. Um, and I got, actually, even before we knew it, you knew it was going on, you called me at 7 a.m. On, on Sunday morning and, you know, I was, uh, Pastor Langford didn't start till nine, so that was I was trying to catch. I, w- I got up pretty much between six and seven every day there, but I was. Uh, he, I got a call and Joe, uh, I'm out in our spot and uh, I'm locked out. <laughs> I said, no. "You want me to call the front desk? I'm I'm still getting out of bed." And he said, "No, no, that's all right." It was re- it was really strange because when you say you know at our spot, we have we had a location. Outside of the conference area, um, just outside the conference area, it was it was a restricted area for speakers. But it was outside where if you didn't want, let's say, I don't know, if you, if you wanted not to talk within the building, and there were some things that were shared that we had a, a that I thought best we'd talk outside. But anyway, here's the bottom line: um, ten minutes, and, and again, a threat a threat was called into the Grapevine Police Department, which earlier that morning, earlier Sunday morning. And that was on top of the on top of everything else, right? Right. That were already uh, an issue as the conference was up uh, coming up to its, its uh, date of starting and and into the start of the conference. There was already That's a right. reason that the police had to be there. There was already somebody who had contacted authorities, um, and but, this uh, in, this in, this security had increased on Sunday to the point where there was, as you said, multi layer of sec- multi layers of security. Um, you know, from inside the conference room to outside the conference room to outside the hotel itself. Actually, the hotel was on lockdown. Basically, yeah, it was, was except on the front door. The hotel was on lockdown. SUVs surrounding the building. Right. I mean, that you could tell the presence of the police outside of the hotel had increased significantly between Saturday and Sunday morning. I mean, triple, right. triple what it was as, uh, for the first two days. So, I had, uh, in preparation for certain things, I, I had to miss a little bit of, of Pastor Langford's uh, sermon, which began at 9 o'clock. So I was going to be at, I, according to my schedule, I was going to pick, I was going to arrive there at, in the in the uh, in the main conference area at 9, I think it was at 9.40, I was supposed to be there. Well, the actual threat was before that. A few, several minutes before that, it, 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 it's a number that I'm not going to give out, but it's a number. It's a, the time is a number. Okay, obviously. So I, I had gone out of the hotel 
briefly to get something that I needed from our vehicle. We were doing behind-the-scenes interviews, right. not only for the DVD, but b- interviews you'll see on, on our YouTube channel and our website. And we were using our camera equipment, and uh, we had tripods that were <laughs> that yeah. were taken. Well, yeah. So I, I, I left through a, a kind of a door that no one knew existed, you know, no one uh, outside of the staff and, and the, some of the speakers. So I walked out of this. I walked out of the door. I'll just say it was, I'm going to give you, I'll just say it was 9.15. I walked out. And uh, as, as I was walking out of the building, and I wasn't paying attention to anything really, except I had a notebook and such, I walked down a couple of stairs, and I'm about ready to turn a corner. And, man, all of a sudden, I'm not walking forward anymore. I'm walking backwards because I got picked up. Well, not, not really picked up. I, I got. He was looking out for your, your best interest in his mind. Right. Actually, I ran into a Grapevine Police Department armed, and he said, "Doug, get inside the building." And I thought, "What did I do? Well, what did I do? Because I didn't know anything about this." He said, "You can't be outside. You can't be outside." So, I, I, okay, and and I mean, he came out of nowhere. He came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, I almost, like, you know, had an accident. <laughs> I, I, so I said, what's going on? He said, look, you got to stay inside. Just consider consider the building on lockdown until further notice. Now, none of the people inside knew this because it, the threat was not to the people inside. It was to the speakers. Scared the heck out of me, and and I look. I understand people will say, "Well, you, you know, f- uh, faith in God, you shouldn't fear." Well, I, I get that, but you're human, right? So, so please don't, do, don't, don't, don't send me an email saying, "Well, if you had faith, if you have faith in God, then you shouldn't fear." What I'm talking about it's is a fear. human reaction. And I was just going to write this in the chat. You know, my, after uh, Laura, my wife talked to you in the Sunday morning and found out what was going on. She didn't want me to go up on the speaker's panel. She said, you know, if you're being threatened, I don't want... And I told her, and I did not have one bad feeling about the conference. Oh, I, I didn't, did not I have didn't either. One sec- in my mind, it, I guess the Lord just put it right in my mind, there would not be any issues, not be any problems. All would be, uh, you know, as I said earlier, all would exceed expectations and not not to worry a bit. And I told her that. I said, you know, just don't worry. It's gonna Everything's going to be fine. Right, and, and I was see, and that's we, how we, we how we handled it. We have we have our families there, and, and the, the, one of the and I should note this: one of the individuals that was escorted from the property made it a point to take a picture of our families, for the speaker's yeah, families. That was weird. I'm not talking about you know, hey, can you post for a picture? And no, no, I am talking about taking pictures of. The wives, children. All right. Yeah. So anyway, bottom line is this: God, I believe this. I believe, nothing happened. Nothing happened at all, and the and the conference was a resounding success. But here, here is why I mention all of this. First of all, I beg each and every one of you for your understanding. In the event that somehow I happened, we happened to miss each other, you wanted to talk with us, and we couldn't, 
That was one of the reasons. Okay. We were under basically 24-7 protection. If we, we were, we had to limit ourselves, limit our exposure. Okay. And, and if the people were there, if you, if you noticed there was people around that hung around that you'd see, you know, you'd think, well, the person's kind of just hanging around. Well, that was security, undercover security. Compliments of the police force and compliments, I shouldn't say compliments, but, but that also cost the, conference organizers a boatload of money to provide extra security and the boatload is not exaggeration from what you told me this morning alright so here's why I'm, I'm mentioning all of this the body of Christ in my view and and you can you could take me to the woodshed if you want and, and Mike if you're listening and if, if you're upset that I, I mentioned this I hope you're not uh I truly believe the war has already begun and it's really going hot. The war in terms of, of Christian versus Christian. The, the rending of the body. The people have now decided, okay, we're going to take this up some notches. This is not, folks, this is not anywhere near what you think it's about. This is about something so vile and so demonic and so satanic and and so heartbreaking at the same time. Because there are wolves in sheep's clothing out there. And there are wolves who are being recognized as leaders in some cases or as good people maybe they're good people i don't i i don't look i don't know all i know is what i experienced what joe experienced what my family what our family's experienced but it was but see here's the great thing the conference was a resounding success to over 200 baptisms so many people found god found renewed their faith children babies uh, altar calls, Coach Dave, and you know, um, every time you know the the people went up and filled the void of the uh, chairs to the uh, podium, and I don't know how many people you know were rededicating themselves or how many people it was their first time uh, who who were turning their life over to Jesus, but um, it was very powerful, and it wasn't the hundreds every time. And, and I, I am so proud. Of every, I don't know if I, I don't know if pride is the right word. Proud of the speakers, I, I guess. I, I'm so I was so honored to be with the the likes of Flip Benham and to talk with him and and and. But even well beyond that, even beyond that, because I, that, that you know what really changed my heart this weekend, this week, weekend, whatever is each and every one of you that were there. And even if you weren't there but prayed, I believe you are making the difference. 
I believe through your prayers, your intercessory prayers are making the difference. And And I want to say this, a special thank you to all the people who volunteered their time to be volunteers, to be helpers there. Um, The show wouldn't, I mean, the the conference would not have been able to be what it was without those who took the time to give their time to helping the speakers set up, helping the the conference organizers set up, helping people like Chance set up their, uh, you know, uh, their stations and, and putting the chairs up and doing all the work. I mean, even Eric the Tech was working all weekend with, you know, the graphics and, and making the presentations, uh, available up on the screen with other volunteers. I mean, this was a collaborative effort of, uh, you know, dedicated, uh, to our, to our family out there. I mean, and I say that not just our family as, I mean, our wives and, and my father and whatnot, but I mean, our, our, Brothers and sisters in Christ, family out there. That's right. And if uh, the entire reason I shared that story, and Joe and I talked, and he said, "Don't, don't, let's not talk about this." And and I thought, you know, I be the only reason I wanted to talk about this is because now, if I if I sounded like I doubted before about the division within the body of Christ, or if I, I really didn't understand how divisive or how divided it is and how much worse it's going to get. But, but you know, so what do we do? What do we do? We, I, we don't take part in that divisiveness. I, I don't believe we can. I believe what we have to do is we have to immerse ourselves in the Word Understand who our Lord and Savior is. Understand what our objectives are. Understand what we are called to do and do it without fear. And even in the midst of adversity or even under threat. Because you see, I believe now more than ever before, we talk, we talk about the DSA. We talk about the, about DHS. We talk about the FBI. We talk about all of these threats. But one of the biggest threats, I believe, is, is coming from within the body. And now the remnant will be identified. And if you are part of that remnant, then expect some rocky roads because each one of you, in some way, shape, or form, in some at some level, either you're going to go through this. It might not be, uh, obviously, it's not going to be identical to what we went through. But I can see where some, even some of the talk show hosts out there now, if you look at that, what, what I just described, in my view, is a microcosm of what we're seeing with some of the talk show hosts about choosing sides and causing divisiveness and not only causing it, but exploiting it, being behind it. And Joe, you talked about that story. It, you know, the media is, for example, talking about the protests, um, against Trump. It doesn't matter. It could be against Hillary. It could be against Sanders. I, I, it doesn't to me. It doesn't matter. It's the tactics that are being employed that go beyond protests. It is censorship. It is stopping the message, and that is what's happening within the body. It's attempting to stop the message, and that's why I mentioned all of this, because now I think what we have to do is we have to be fully girded up. Never take the armor of God off, and we have to be really, we have to understand that we're walking into, into a, a den of wolves, but, yeah, I mean, we, you know, Jesus said it best, the, you know, the, uh, you are of the, of, 
in the world, not of the world. And they persecuted me without cause. And if you love me, they're going to persecute you. And not only to expect it, but to, to be glad because you are doing what Jesus called you to do. Your rewards will be great in heaven. Echoing with what Coach Dave said and what Flip said and what, what Pastor Langford said, that we are to rejoice in the tribulations. We are to rejoice in the attack when men speak all mean, manner of evil against you for his name's sake. That's right. So I, my takeaway from all of this, I mean, th- that is... That really is a footnote, and I don't want to make that that incident and in, in that scenario. I don't want to make uh, make that anything more than what it was, and and what I believe it was was just kind of a tap on the shoulder. God saying, "Hey guys, you know what? If you want, if if you expect to be warriors for for me, then expect trouble." And even expect it from within. Well beyond what you thought was trouble. Now it's going to be exponentially worse. But that extends into the political arena. It extends into the family. And how many people did we talk to that have family divisiveness? So many. It's going to get worse. So let's prepare ourselves and let's not kid, kid ourselves. One of the questions that was asked of us at the media panel was uh, by a young woman who talked about uh, and she she was saddened at the fact that her family was basically um, said she was part of a cult because of of her uh, firm belief in in Jesus and you know following what what Scripture says and asked you know how do we how how do we deal with this in uh, in our walk with the Lord when trying to bring others to the knowledge of the truth. And like I said earlier, Josh Tolley at the at the speaker um, uh, roundtable that we had, he was on fire, and it was interesting watching people ask questions. And I was sitting right next to him, and I you know could feel rumbling. He had his legs moving, and I and he would start moving his arms. And I asked him, I said, Josh, um, do you gotta get your your body working to get your your mind your mind going? And he and he laughed, and he said yes. Um, and uh, I gotta say this, I don't know if Josh, if you're listening. Um, I'm going to get this message to you either way, but there was a young man I met named Tony who said because of what, uh, what he did at the, at the conference and how, uh, and the media panel we had, how he was just on fire and right on the money with his answers that, uh, he made a, a, a new fan, um, his, his name is Tony, uh, uh, for Josh Tolley and that he was just blown away by, by the power Josh Tolley had and how, um, ahead of the curve he was intellectually about not only dealing and addressing with the problems we have but providing the solutions and his you know tagline is is uh reason logic reason and strategy i believe um i know two out of the three are right the strategy and, and reason but um you know he was at the media panel he really uh he came out of his shell <laughs> so he was say. he was never in a shell but, right right but you know josh tolly is is uh, I believe uh, I saw a side of Josh Tully. Well, yeah. Joe, we both did, right? Yeah, that, that that I haven't seen before, and I don't know if you heard me. Um, yeah, I don't I know did. if you know about how he move his legs and move his arms. Yes, and and I asked him in his ear after one of his great answers, and I said, "Is that how you get your mind working? You know, you got to get your body moving first. And he laughed and he said, 
he said, yeah, but no, I don't, I, he, he's a very smart, um, uh, and I believe he is, he is really, uh, gonna be, and has been. I mean, his book, Evangelpreneur, is, is a great, uh, great work, um, and I believe you're gonna be hearing a lot more from him, uh, and he's gonna be providing answers to, uh, problems that, that we have not even provided. And another behind-the-scenes issue, um, or not issue, but another behind-the-scenes uh, little notation. John B. Wells, Caravan to Midnight. Okay, we we got we got an opportunity to spend some time with uh, with uh, John, and you know he is he really. We talked about the Bible. We talked about the the Christian angle of things and Christianity. Yeah, to hear his and, his take on Oh on, my goodness. You know, from a biblical perspective. Yes. I, I was so happy to hear him in in some of what he said because he he was right on the money. He talked about how his son gave him a Bible and and told him to read it. And he asked the audience, you know, how many of you have read the Bible cover to cover? And many raised their hands and and uh he said, "Wow. I'm surprised." He said, uh, you know, that's something that he hadn't done that he's starting to do now. Yes. But he, uh, I mean, and, I, Sheila, I, I, you know, said, preach it, John, because he, yes. was, he was preaching. And make sure you, make sure you, John, John Wells and his son. I just want to stress yeah. that. Another father son team, which is just fantastic. His son works with him behind the scenes and he does a great job. And I didn't get too much time to talk to his son. Um, but, you know, if he's given his, his dad the, the Bible and making sure that he's, he's, Staying on top of that, God bless him. And, and again, I just uh, one more time, just want to thank Rhonda, who's who's a, really a trooper, because I know that she was up at. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm not even sure she went to bed last night, frankly. But she's in the chat and handling the chat room. And I just want to say, Rhonda, thank you so much for your dedication to to what we do. And it's just you know, but back to one one last, and this is I'm not going to mention anymore about because we have so much to get into, but. To, to those people we met at the conference and to, to the people that, and if, you might say, well, man, you know, you say, looked in your eyes and saw things. My eyes were slits, okay? So, uh, <laughs> by the end of Sunday, I, I was, uh, I mean, we did an interview with L.A. Marzulli behind the scenes on Sunday, and it was like I was, I, I, sorry for my terminology, I don't know how else to, to word it. It was like I was stoned. My eyes were just glazed over. I had a headache. Uh, just, you know, you're exhausted, and body's exhausted. Your my mind wasn't exhausted though. Uh, my drive wasn't exhausted, but my body was like, you need to take a break or get a cup of coffee. But um, yeah, yeah, and it's it, and that wasn't the, from you know work. That was from the spiritual experience that me and my wife both shared with the prayers from Pastor Langford and his wife in the baptism and. Um, and it was just like I said, it was a, a renewal uh, for us both. You know, wa- watch the our you and, and please, uh, folks, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, n- not necessarily for the numbers, although the numbers do help us because then we get as you as we grow on that, um, the rankings change, the metrics change, and and we become more visible. The word becomes more visible, despite the attempts, you know, to. Um, to munge the numbers. That's what's taking place right now. For example, we can see the back end on, on YouTube and what you see on the front end is nothing like the back end. 
meaning to say that um, the numbers are not even close to being right, like how many people are watching now and that kind of stuff. So uh, anyway, having said all of that, um, this was a spiritual experience, one of the most, you know, Whitestone was great and will always be my in, in my heart. The the that Whitestone, nothing will, will, will replace that. But I've got to say, what happened this weekend was was beyond spiritual. I mean, it was not beyond spiritual, but beyond anything I could describe to to each and every one of you. And, and I just thank you. And I just want to say to everyone, thank you, thank you. And even if you weren't there, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for being with us on the archive. Thank you for being with us. That's all. Because we are going to be, let's, I mean, really, let's hold hands as we go through this rocky time. And uh, it's coming. And I believe that this summer, the consensus among the speakers behind the scenes this summer, this fall. Joe, I mean, am I wrong on that? I mean, I don't want a date set, but... What was the first part of that? The consensus of the speakers. Yes. You know, everyone is saying, look, this this summer... Well, it's, a, it's we, the... We see the the intense, intensification of the uh, Christian persecutions in the Middle East. We see the uh, intensification of the anti-Trump protests, the Bernie Sanders, you know... Um, socialism movement many people don't understand that hitler was a socialist himself it's funny because they're labeling trump as hitler yet they have (laughs) bernie sanders as a candidate who is a self-admitted socialist and yes the nazis were fascist but the nazi is the national was the national socialist party and um that's right they use that as as a as a way to to get in uh you know promising things that they uh, we're going to do, and later what they did was the opposite. They they brought in a, a more oppressive, more totalitarian system of, of fascism. You know, getting taking over the churches, taking over the entrepreneurial uh, abilities of the citizens in Germany, and then marginalizing, labeling, and mass executing not only Jewish people but Christians and um, you know How come Europeans I, oh, and, and why are why why isn't why aren't Christians talked about the, the execution of Christians as much as I mean, I understand it, it was a Jewish Holocaust to be sure, but but Joe, why aren't Christians mentioned? That's a good question. You know, um, I don't know the answer to that. There's a lot that that has has been revised throughout history, especially dealing with World War Two. And, you know, we're still doing the informational, uh, investigations into these and having guests like Peter Lavendo and, and others who are, um, even L.A. Marzulli, you asked a few questions about, uh, to him behind the scenes, on um, on this matter with, you know, Nazis and, uh, the serial killers and, yes, you know, there, there are connections <laughs> that we have not, uh, put well, together. It, let's, let's toss this one out there. This is important for everyone to know. Okay, I don't know how many people went to uh, the Russ Dizdars and L.A. Marzilli's conference, the Nephilim Mounds series. Yeah. Nephilim Mounds 3, I believe, was the last one. 
All right. One of the one of the things that Peter Lavenda, through his research, I don't know if Peter Lavenda is a Christian. Uh, you know, I, we will have people on the, on our show that that may not be Christian, but they have information. You know, Christians, but we're working on them. But but, but have, that said, um, they have information, very specific research that they conducted. Well, he, for those of you who were at the Nephilim Mounds conf, uh, conference in Newark, uh, saw the Newark Earthworks. We, and L.A. Marzilli, myself, and Joe talked about this again behind the scenes. We realized that there is a, a connection between Charles Manson, between uh, the son of Sam Killer, and some other serial killers, and those mounds. Okay, now think about that for a moment. Even talking about personal experiences that they've had dealing with people. Uh, he made he gave an example of a woman who became. Um, uh, oppressed and, and possessed from digging fence posts in that area. Uh, of he, he explained how the mounds are, and, and if you've been there, you understand this. It's like a, a snake biting its tail almost, but it doesn't go all the way around these big trenches. And uh, the space that is left open that you can walk in uh, on either side of these trenches uh, straight ahead it was a it was 16 or 26 foot altar, and um, and how that. You know, they used to, do, they found human remains in the, in the, um, uh, altar there. And, and you know what they did? They, what did they do? They well, covered they, it up. Yeah, absolutely. They covered it up. And, but the, he, he's, he talked about the, an experience his wife even had there at the Nephilim Mounds 2 conference, one we didn't attend. Yes. Where she talked about something that she felt coming up out of the ground, uh, you know, that they rebuked and, and, uh, it did go away. But, there is something to these these mounds and these ancient ritual sites, and it led to a, a question I asked them. You know, how much of this nation's history uh, before the uh, Christian settlers came here, the Puritans and the uh, people uh, Christians from from Europe who settled here after the Inquisition? You know, how much of predating that history you know, of people in this nation had been a cover up? You know, how much more history was here that we don't know about? And who whose history is it? And uh, you know it's troubling when you really look into it. Well, what was America before it became America? And then who founded America and why? That goes back to Chris Pinto. And folks, you can now find a movie called The Hidden Faith of the Founding Fathers. I beg you to watch that movie on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. I, I would ask that you order it from his site, uh, from Chris Pinto's site, at uh, all the a, a lot, <laughs> all the movies dot com. All oh, of, oh, oh, um, all uh, of, no, Abdul Abdulum Abdulum films. films. That's it. Um, yeah, the uh, we have to we have to get busy and uh, post some links because uh, you can just search Chris Pinto, uh, Christian Pinto. Uh, yeah, or uh, the, the Hidden Faith of the Founding Fathers. There it's you a go. Three hour um, movie, and it details. Um, the actual faith of the founding fathers and it's going to be troubling to some i know it is because this is something that i've been researching for a few years the original intent of america behind the name the symbology washington dc is basically a, a a composite rededication of rome uh here in america from the capitol building to the obelisk to the layout uh, and and why is it why is it that way? These are some of the answers I'm looking to find. And well, it started you, know, from you a have book of the George answers. Washington. Yes, yeah, I do. There you go. There and you go. It's going to hurt a lot of people. 
to say that, uh, what I'm about to say, but Chris Pinto had done the research, had done the interviews, and has the proof in his faith, hidden faith of the Founding Fathers. They were Antichrist. And I'll, I'll leave that for you guys to do the research. And prove me wrong. There you go. Well, yeah. Prove Chris wrong. Yeah, and, and it's not to say that, that, well, I mean, look, Franklin was a deist, okay, for example. Oh, he was one of the worst. He was the uh, yeah. member of, he was the head of the Paris Lodge in uh, Paris, France, as well as um, here in Washington, D.C. Also uh, was a member of the Hellfire Club. You know, yeah. in his in his home, uh, 200 years later, they had dug up 16 bodies, some children, some uh, male and female, which they say, you know, they had holes driven uh drilled in their skulls and other proof and that in thomas Paine, uh he talked about this when he came on our show boy thomas Paine went off the from reservation common then. sense to the age of reason and how you know in, in on his tombstone it says without the pen of thomas Paine, the sword of george washington would have been wielded in vain and in the book i have the life and times of washington when washington was heading to the constitutional convention with john adams it says right in the book, John Adams said, well, let it be known there was giants in the land in those days. Which Think about that. And, and Think that's about just that. one obscure quote in this eight book from the 1800s, uh, The Life and Times of Washington, Volume 1. And, and, and you know, and, and folks, I, I just want to say this to, uh, because, I, I, again, I'm very, very proud. What, what Joe's talking about, this is not thing. I mean, you could probably find this on the Internet, but what, what Joe has done, he's gone the extra step. He's gone... And gotten the actual records, archives, books. I'm, I'm talking about some diaries, uh, the Washington right. diaries, the founding fathers' own words. I mean, copies of the original documents from the archives. So this is not YouTube, um, or this is not internet, you know, uh, stuff. This is all stuff that has been investigated and researched by the standard, by, by investigative standards. And, and, and back to Thomas Paine. You know, uh, he made sure when he was on his deathbed, Chris Pinto on our show mentioned this, how so many people were trying to come and bring him uh, to repent for what he had said about the gospel, uh, to repent for his stance against Jesus Christ. And he went the extra mile and made sure his friends were there so that it was on record that he did not change his views in the end. We're up against the top of the hour break, folks, on this Monday March 21st, 2016, back from the Hear the Watchman conference in Dallas, and what a blessing that was, both spiritually and to be able to, to meet with the fellowship, all you great people. We'll be back for hour number three right after this. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the third and final hour of this Hagman and the Hagman Report on our return from Dallas, Texas, here the Watchman. It was a successful conference, one that was that ranks up there with one of the best. Pastor David Langford, Pastor Flip Benham, Greg Jackson, Russ Dizdar, L.A. Marzulli, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. John Robertson, uh, Greg Jackson. Yes, America's coach, by the way, Dave Dobbenmeyer. 
And please support PTSalt.com. I mean, that man works his heart out. Pastor Billy Crone. Pastor Crone. He did an excellent presentation on the the rise of the drones, rise of the robots. Actually, I picked up his DVD, RFID, Man's Greatest Invention or Mark of the Beast. I can't wait to to check that out. it's, It's, you know... See, it's not about, and some people will say, well, it's all about selling uh, uh, books and DVDs and such. No, you know what? It's about the information they contain so we can be, you know, we can have the knowledge to fight against the evil that comes before us. And speaking about that, we found such a great way to decompress, to uh, to avert or uh, alleviate stress, to... to um, well, we found WholetonesLive.com. Now, we had Michael Terrell on, on here not too long ago on our program. He's the head, the founder of WholetonesLive.com. And what what he has developed is what well, he has studied, the music of the Bible and different frequencies. And the fact is very simply this. Different frequencies can be used in a biblical way and they can actually um, calm your your racing mind. They can help you sleep. They can help you focus. Boy, do I need that, right? Um, the, the 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 tones, the frequencies, the, the the sounds made by created by Almighty God. That's the the power behind Whole Tones Live. If you haven't tried it out folks go to holtoneslive.com there have been doctors confirming the healing music that reduces anxiety stress suicidal thoughts that treats ptsd and depression walter reed medical center now they're now treating our veterans with music and to hear michael terrell talk about this yeah we interviewed him tuesday yes. before we left that was the uh the eighth i believe yeah, man, I don't even know what year this is, but no, it, you're right, you're right. So, folks, I'd, I'd urge everyone to visit uh, if you are really interested in a holistic. I mean, all around, um, you know, per- perhaps you are suffering from PTSD. As I said, I'm sorry to interrupt. It wasn't no. the eighth. I think it was the first. Michael Terrell was on this last month with us, right. and we have a kind of. Messed up schedule because we were gone for a week, um, but yeah, Michael Terrell was with us on on a, on Tuesday the first, and it was uh, a great show. If you want to hear from his own words, I would suggest everybody go back and listen to the show because he talks not about the uh, the whole tones how it came about, but the eighteen years that he had it that he did not know what to do with it because he didn't think the people would understand, and then. You know, all the emails that we've received about the effects that it has had on people in their lives, whether it is mental or physical impairments, that they are um, reacting very positively uh, to it, even to the point of being healed in some cases. I mean, we have the emails we can publish. Right. Do do us a favor. Just go to WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. And read his story. And, and and download the samples provided for you. Take a listen, and I can guarantee you this: it will change your. It'll revolutionize you. It'll change your life for the better. That's WholeTonesLive.com. 
great friend of the program, uh, uh, and certainly a, a man of God, uh, Michael Terrell, and and uh, we're we're talking about really the the well the shall we say the lost key of King David, and and Hertz and sound and and such. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a great product. That's WholeTonesLive.com. We're so proud to having them sponsor our our, our show. Folks, um, also I want to mention this, and, and this is, I don't quite know how to do this yet, okay, but I'll just say this. I'd really, uh, uh, part of who I am, and, and this is kind of a, a part of who I am, uh, I've been an investigator all my adult life, all right? And I've, and I talked to Russ Dizdar this, I've had, I had the opportunity to speak with Russ Dizdar this, uh, during the conference. And uh, being in the investigative arena and then seeing things, including but not limited to crimes, horrendous crimes, one that affected me personally was the the uh, horrendous murder of my uncle. And I wrote a book about it. It's called Stained by Blood. Folks, I would like you, if possible, if if this is something that, that uh, I mean, it's up it, it's up to you. But I just wanted to mention, stained by blood is out. Um, it's right now. It, you can get the first edition with a few little minor, you know, mistakes in it. It'll be a collector's item someday. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, but but uh, I, I think I'm not sure how many are left of the first edition. But I, that's kind of my favorite. It's it's because it, it it shows the imperfections that I've got. Stained by Blood is is my is my um well it, it's my story of the investigation that I performed with, with a partner into the cold case murder of my uncle that took place in 1982. In 1987, I accepted the case as a private investigator, and uh, we were able to... Well, the book tells about the murder and about our investigation. Now, I would also urge everyone to read the prologue and the epilogue, because you see, what's in that book, it's all true. However... I changed the name, so in case you're wondering, I had to change my name to uh, randomly to, to uh, Mark Styles, and uh, the names have been changed, and, and that was done at the urging of of my attorney who looked at this, and because there are some people who are still alive, and some people who are still out there doing the things that are talked about in this book. That to me, the bottom line is this. If you if you want a, an understanding of of the underworld, um, if you want an introduction, or, or at least how I became introduced into the stuff Russ Dizdar talks about, th- this this might make it personal for you as it did for me. I'm yeah, this is a shameless promotion of my book, Stained by Blood. It's available right now on Amazon. If you just go to Amazon and type in my name, Douglas Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N, or go to stainedbyblood.com, I, I just ask you, give it a try, order it. And uh, I, I think, I mean, I've gotten a lot of good good feedback already. Um, in fact, I think somebody had even uh, uh, rated uh, five stars. Somebody commented, you know, you know how you do it. You, what people go on there and say, it's a good book or whatever. Um and in fact, uh, this individual says it was nothing like I thought it was going to be, but it's it gives you an idea of what we're facing, what we are facing, in the satanic arena, 
right now. And it's a personal story. It's, it's again, it's true. Names have been changed to protect the guilty and to prevent uh, vexatious litigation unnecessary because it doesn't matter. You know, people can sue anybody for anything today. And the, the sad, sadly, the sad part about that is it doesn't matter what it is. You end up uh, paying, you know, a gazillion dollars before you even get out of the gate just to defend some ignorant, stupid uh, allegation. So I just want to say thank you to those who did purchase uh, the conference. And I want to say thank you for uh, uh, for believing in me enough. Yeah. Enough I, for that. Um, and as I said earlier, you know, we brought, I don't know, 150 books maybe, 100, 150 books. And they yeah. were... They were uh, sold out before the halfway of the first day of the conference. In fact, I, I, what I'll do is I'm going to post some pictures at Stained by Blood of the uh, of the book signing, and, and even we want to hear the reviews from yeah. the people who bought the book. And, and you know what? If you like the book, and here's the other issue, the other side of this. I, I was told. In fact, I got an email. Uh, <laughs> I got an email from somebody who said, "I'm going to make sure that you. Uh, I'm going to make sure you're slammed on on Amazon." Okay, which is fine. I mean, I guess that's what people do, right? Slam meaning, you know, bad reviews and such. And uh, uh, what can you do about that, right? So if you like the book, and I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm not asking you. I'd like you to buy the book, but um, if you like it, go ahead and just, you know, post your review. Do not, please do not post anything. If you you haven't read it or anything, do, do not. Do not, do not, they put any fake reviews up. Um, and, and if you want an autographed copy, I, I haven't quite figured out how to do this yet. But if you want an autographed copy, um, I'll figure it out. Or you can just send me an email and we'll figure something out. Yeah, we were thinking about getting um, in, uh, a couple cases of the book sent here to the studio. To I, I be think, able for you to autograph Yeah, I, I think out. I might be able to get like another case uh, um, of the first edition, but... So anyway, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to to mention that. Okay, having said all of that, Joe, let's hit some really really hard information news. You, you did. I know that you said I have you, a few you, things. You, you didn't go over. So, well, there's so much going on right now. Well, you know uh, what you're looking at at the top of Drudge, Drudge Clinton slams awful legacy of last eight years, and I believe they're talking about Bill Clinton. Yes. And you know, yes. of course, as vice president for president, he. <laughs> He didn't say much when uh, all this uh, eight years of, of chaos and, and uh, divisiveness and, uh, you know, well, this was going on. You know, he, if I remember correctly, he supported Barack Obama in his run for president. He wasn't too verbal about his displeasure during the first term, and he didn't, dis- he didn't voice that displeasure on the uh, second run that Obama had. But conveniently, now that his wife is running, and the UN Secretary General uh, position will be open by the end of this year. It's funny to see how he opens his mouth at this, uh, you know, right time. Um, <laughs> yeah. But this article from the Washington Examiner I caught, uh, and then there's another one here. Um, we're going to cover this one about the Russian submarines first, but uh, secondly, um, from uh, another s- American skeptical of God, but think heaven is real somehow. I'm going to hit that next, but this article, again, from the Examiner, Washington Examiner, uh, uh, Dem says, Russian subs dangerously close to U.S. Russian President Vladimir Putin is developing, deploying, excuse me, nuclear-armed submarines dangerously close to the United States and European allies, a Senate Democrat said following a trip to the Arctic Circle. 
No one is suggesting that Putin is contemplating a nuclear launch against a NATO country, but it is not clear how tethered to reality Putin is, Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy told reporters on Monday. And it should make us nervous that many of his submarines are starting to get dangerously close to the U.S. and our allies. Murphy made comments while arguing that the U.S. Navy needs to pursue an aggressive plan to replace aging submarines which can thwart rival countries from gathering intelligence and maintain the security of global shipping lanes. In recent years, Putin's Navy has pursued a more aggressive strategy than ever during the Cold War, Murphy said. Russian submarines have been pushing out to the very precipice of NATO ally waters, he says. We have seen Russian boats coming closer and closer to the U.S. and our European partner ports than ever before in an immensely provocative ways, in ways that were rare even during the days of the Cold War. Pentagon officials plan to scale back production of modern attack submarines if the Navy can't get funding to replace Ohio-class ballistic missile submarines. You're going to have to look at this program with the national lens because if you drop this into the middle of the Navy shipbuilding budget, it will just get Navy shipbuilding uh, for decades to come, Navy Secretary Ray Mabus told a House panel last week. Murphy wants the Navy to build those Ohio-class replacements without cutting production of Virginia-class submarines. Anyway, <clears throat> they say, if you look at the pace of Russian and Chinese building programs, we can't afford to drop the Virginia-class production back to one for more than a year. So I don't know if this is a uh, call to try to get, um, you know, funding or, or carry out a specific agenda. And I haven't seen any proof of the Russian submarines, but we have seen, you know, Vladimir Putin being very aggressive with the, uh, the, uh, in the air. He's had fighter jets, you know, that have breached U.S. airspace in instances, uh, along the Pacific. He has had, uh, you know, he, his allies, Syria, um, and whatnot, and and he's also been taking a st- stand against Obama and what uh, what they are doing. And on a side note here, somebody asked about the movie Amerageddon, uh, and uh, thank you. May thirteenth, twenty sixteen, it will be released. The movie Amerageddon. Um, but yeah, Russia and Putin, um, you know, is this just tactics of aggression, uh, showing their their teeth and and how close they can get to you know, the uh, American establishment without uh, actually launching a strike. Uh, As the report says, it is more or less like Cold War tactics, playing a game of cat and mouse with the U.S. Armed Forces. But there has been no hint of aggression or, you know, except for the, uh, as I said, the cat and mouse games that we see. Now, more interestingly... Uh, this story is something that caught my American skeptical of God, but think heaven is real. Since 1980, the number of Americans who believe in God has decreased by half, and the number who pray has declined five-fold. Has America lost its faith? And I think this is very fitting, uh, even though on this article they have a picture of Bernie Sanders still prays. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the United States formerly separate... Formally separates church and state is how the article opens. And that's incorrect. But it's hard to deny that America is inundated with religious innuendo from its controversial Pledge of Allegiance all the way down to its Judeo-Christian courthouse displays and faith-espousing legal tender, yet fewer Americans pray or believe in God than ever before, according to a new study in the Journal of Sage, Open. Researchers found that the percentage of Americans who claim they never pray reached an all-time high in 2014. 
up fivefold since the 1980s. Over the same time period, belief in God and interest in spirituality appears to have similarly declined, especially among young adults. The findings suggest that millennials are the least religious generation in memory and possibly in American history, says uh, a Gene Ten- Tenwidge, a psychiatric professor at San Diego State University and co-author of the study in a press statement. Most previous studies conclude that few Americans were publicly affiliating with religion, but that Americans were just as religious in private ways. That's no longer the case, especially in the last few years. The notion the U.S. is inching away from organized religion religion is nothing new. Throughout the 2000s, studies repeatedly found that America had lost faith in religious institutions, but scientists suspected that the shift was from organized religion rather than spirituality. That Americans have stopped attending formal services, but they still prayed and believed in private. And it made sense. The Catholic Church's highest publicized sexual abuse scandals had shaken America's faith in religious leadership right around the same time that our faith in non-religious institutions were beginning to wane. In 2014, one study found Americans had grown skeptical of church power in much the same way they had grown suspicious of all major institutions, including the media and the medical establishment, as well as Congress. But this new study suggests that Americans have a problem with God and that our spiritual issues run deeper than paltry mistrust of religious institutions. For the study, researchers polled nearly 60,000 entries from the GSS, a nationally representative survey of U.S. adults. The results suggest a steep decline in the number of Americans who pray, who believe in God, and who take the Bible literally and attend religious services or identified as religious. And and that's important. Joe, i got to jump in here. Notice notice the numbers are consistent with those who uh, say they don't pray. Right. Go go on. But the <laughs> decline in religious aff- affiliation and participation has now extended to private practices and beliefs, the author writes, uh, suggesting that the secular and uh, one f- the secular and one fifth reported they were not even spiritual in this study. The next generation, often referred to as iGen, is more secular than ever. By 2014, the number of 18 to 22 year olds who reported no religious affiliation rose from 11% in the 1970s to 36%. The percentage who said they never pray rose from 4 to 28%. Belief in God and attendance in re- religious services declined by half, while self-reported spirituality declined fivefold. This suggests that the I generation will continue to decrease in religious orientation rather than uh, reversing it, even in spirituality, the author writes. One odd quirk, however, Americans have become slightly more likely to believe in an afterlife, even as they are abandoning prayer, belief in God, and rituals. This, too, is perhaps telling a telling sign of America's newfound relationship with old-time religion. It might be part of a growing entitlement mentality. And I think that's a good point. Thinking you can get something for nothing. Oh, yeah. Despite being less religious than ever, people still think they're going to heaven. And that See, is sad. And and this we can trace this back a long time. I mean, pretty far back. But think about how the events of nine eleven really accelerated the thought that all roads lead to heaven. If you are a Muslim who just merely believes that Jesus is a prophet, you can go to heaven. And the Hindus and Buddhists. This is the acceleration toward the one world religion 
that will be the state religion, uh, not unlike what Hitler did in Nazi Germany um, with positive Christianity. And this is why it's so important to understand the nuances uh, of of Nazi Germany, to understand the, the nuances, the landscape. Uh, of Germany before the Second World War. Sure, there was economic issues that that created uh, the the, uh, the monster of Hitler, but but Christians embraced him. Now, use that as a template. Think think about that, and and everything Joe said about about Americans, Westerners, people so called who identify themselves as Christians, not praying. And believing the lie that all roads lead to heaven, this is what we're seeing. And if I can, Joe, if I can segue this into yeah. something extremely important. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. And, and I'm, we're watching this in real time, and and this is something that uh, we did see, and, and we've been following over the last week. Okay, we are seeing a split among talk radio people and, uh, and and conservative pundits now is it, when i say conservative pundits you tend to think christian conservative pundits but all right think about this all right uh there are lists being made and no it's not the red list and blue list green list whatever no no lists are being made now by people like mark levin glenn beck that's right i'm naming names here um uh, the blaze, for example. Folks, Donald Trump is polarizing the conservative community. The re- not just the Republican Party, but the conservative community. And I suppose we could, we could say conservative with a capital C, Christian conservatives perhaps, or just plain conservatives. But the bottom line is this. Uh, what, what we're seeing take place, and, and if you go, if, there was an article that appeared, and we did not talk about this. It appeared on The Blaze on March 15th, 2016, written by Matt Walsh. Wow. Okay. I just you know, read the title there. Yeah. Let's remember the cowardly conservative leaders who betrayed us for Trump. Now, it doesn't matter. Okay, I'm not taking sides here. This is, to me, this is less about Donald Trump than it is about the very people who are mentioned in this story or that are behind this. For example, um, this article just briefly states that, uh, uh, I'm not going to read from it, but I'm just going to say this, or I'm going to paraphrase from it. it. It does start out by saying Donald Trump has not been alone in his crusade to make a grotesque mar- mockery of conservatism. Okay, now, now think, I mean, it, it, this is not journalism. This is a hatchet piece. But so this Matt Walsh is getting, is out there writing for the blaze. He's a contributor for the blaze saying, Hey, you know what? Um, <laughs> Trump is, is, basically a Nazi. Now, here's what's happening, and, and here's why this is important. There are just an entire cadre of prominent figures making enormous amounts of money pretending to be spokesmen for the cause, only to sell it down the river. Uh, well, okay. Uh, I was, again, I was citing from the article, but what, what's happening here are people like... Um, 
people like Glenn Beck, who's clearly behind Ted Cruz. Right. And this is somebody who claims to be, you know, a Christian conservative, somebody who claims to unite people via faith-based values. We talked about, you know, even him sending the soccer balls and teddy bears down to the southern border and and whatnot and being, you know, uh, trying to be a humanitarian of sorts. But is this a show or is this something that uh, Glenn Beck really believes in? Now, his radio show and his... uh, well, he's he's, he's yeah. changed. There, there's been a change, a, a um, dramatic change. And the hate is—I say hate—it is coming out. People have, have sent us emails saying, you know, the comment about the stabbing won't stop as being directed at his uh, stew, stew, one of his. Uh, uh, no, no, and, 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 and folks, not. that's not going to fly in the court context. of law. Let me tell you something. We have, we have, and in, and and. Exactly. We, you take you take the context in which that was said, both before and after that comment. There is no way you could twist it to say, "Oh, I was talking about Stu." Man, I'm going to no tell you way. something. There is a really huge problem, and if you are so so deluded into believing that that lie, it's a lie. And there was a time where Glenn Beck was doing good work. He was, you know, waking a lot of people up to. The truth about many things, Soros being one of them. The uh, persecution of Christians is another one. But then to see the double talk that we've seen, and and a good example of this was on Fox, whether this was Fox censorship or not, the FEMA camp issue where he went on, I think it was Fox and Friends, talked about this big expose he was doing and what they found is going to be alarming and shocking, only to come across this segment on uh, his show later that day on Fox where... He basically said it was all conspiracy theory crazy and, and nothing to see here. And the fact that well, he owns his own media corporation now and had not continued yeah. to pick up where he left off tells me it was more than just Fox censorship. It was his unwillingness to continue telling the truth. I, 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 the issue here is, uh, I, okay, Mark Levin, for example, is aligning himself. Now, many people, many of our listeners listen to Mark Levin. And Mark Levin is, you know, called the Great One by by Sean Hannity, and Mark Levin now is aligning himself with George Soros and making a list, making a blacklist. Okay, and many people might not know this. All right, um, a little bit of back story here, and and this is something I found out the hard way. For example. Let, let's say, um, I don't, I, well, I'll just, yeah, come right out and say it. Uh, I've had, I've had a talk show host say, if you, if you appear on this person's program, you're not going to appear on mine. All yeah. right. Oh, yeah. So think about this. Uh, imagine this. Imagine, um, well, I, I guess that says it all, doesn't it? I don't even have to go into any, but, but what's happening is, uh, Levin is actually, has a black list. Glenn Beck has a black list. Um, and others are getting into the game. Okay. And actually publishing these. So if you support Trump, you're not going to be on my program. Now it's again, this, I don't want to make this about Donald Trump because it's not. It's about the, folks, it's about the, 
the mere making of the list and, and, and about drawing the lines in the sand and about the, the massive and intense chasm, this gulf, this whatever you want to call it, this division, this divisiveness. And you know what? Christians are being dragged into this. Mm-hmm. And not only dragged into this, but they're, 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 they're part of it. They're, they're actually making themselves part of it, in, injecting themselves. And where have we seen that before? Taking something, an issue, that's none of their business, and injecting themselves into it to cause division. There's nothing good that'll come from that. And, and never has there never has this country been so divided than it is right now, and and I I'm going to go with this, and and I'm going to kick it back to you. This election will, I guarantee you, will rip this country apart, and if the election itself doesn't, the result will. And and here's a good example: a uh, article from Alex Jones from Infowars: Radical leftists demand. Demand CNN fire analysts covering the Trump campaign. Also called for shutting down Republican convention. The George Soros-funded liberal attack group Color of Change has sent over 20,000 emails to CNN calling for the network to terminate Jeff Lord and Andy Dean for positive comments the analysts have made about presidential frontrunner Donald Trump. Just think about that for a minute. Say that one more time. The George Soros-funded liberal attack group Color of Change has sent over 20,000 emails to CNN calling for the network to terminate Jeff Lord and Andy Dean for positive comments the analysts have made about presidential frontrunner Donald Trump. Yeah, now think about this yeah, for a second. I want you, that's right. These are analysts who go. are paid by CNN to be investigative journalists to go out and, uh, you know, give their assessment and analysis of what they see happening in the political world. Now, and this is by design. Backed by George Soros, doesn't like what the comments of the analysts were or the information that they found, um, and they had started a, a petition to have CNN fire these two reporters because for the truth they reported on or, or it, their it, comments they made. Th- Joe, they this, see, Joe, this is, it's the, it's this the, is the happening hypocrisy. right here. Even, even to us, this is happening to us, folks. Yeah, I'm going to be honest that, with you. That will, will, will go out there and, uh, say that they're one thing, uh, and, you know, say that they're Christian and that, you know, uh, we shouldn't be attacking each other. We shouldn't be doing this. At the same time, they're making up lies out of whole cloth, attacking us and other people who we align ourselves with, while at the same time saying we're the ones who are, are or you know, the guests we have on are the ones who are, are you know, causing the. But but the yeah, same. but even it even goes but one step is, yeah one step further than that. It's the it's the. If you don't, if, if, yeah, if you say this or if you do this, you will not, you will not have our support. When okay. CNN, here's a quote. That, uh, that's, and that, that's a way, I mean, that's beyond, that's extortion. That's not even censorship. It says, when CNN pays people like Jeffrey Lord and Andy Dean to defend and make excuses for Trump's racist and violent message, CNN is anything but unbiased and ends up validating Trump's violent message for millions of viewers. <laughs> millions of viewers, what, in a year? 
director of group said in the press release, Robinson's <laughs> accusing the network of shaping the perceptions of viewers by not denouncing the candidate. So because these people have an opinion, and we can take this to the next level to, you know, the Christian community, because people voice their opinion. And one thing we saw at the conference was Flip Benham and his sons. His two sons were the ones who had the show on the Home and Garden TV network. Oh, yeah, please tell about that. And they made a statement that they were against homosexual marriage. Well, their show was shut down for those beliefs. And he, they said that they were not, uh, you know, shut down for having an opinion. They were shut down for voicing their opinion. And, and there it is. Okay. So the war on the new media front or alternative media shows like this one is just that. It's it's not censorship. It's we, there are attempts, and they will fail against us. I don't know how many will succumb to this, but it's extortion. So, in other words, if you, for example, if we would come on and talk favorably about John Smith, Donald Trump, or whoever, you know, insert, it doesn't matter what the name is, this is the not new, but this is the tactic that's at play right now. And, and this is, this is why, and, and this is how, one of the reasons why, or one of the tactics they're using to silence the alternative media, because you see, programs like this cost money. It costs money to broadcast. It costs money to, to, um, uh, for staff. It costs money to, and you might think, well, you, you, you know, you don't really need a studio. You really don't need, no, you, you don't understand. It it costs money, regardless. If you want to reach, depending on what your, you know, what your what your reach, what you want your reach to be, it costs money to do that. So, and I want to the, say this: there's a, an African American Tucson cop who attended the Donald Trump rally Saturday as a neutral observer, describing the anti-Trump protesters who crashed the event as the most hateful people I have ever seen. Uh, Brandon Tatum. Yep said he wanted to personally attend the event in order to get a first-hand experience of what it was all about instead of relying on media perception. Describing what he saw as very, very shocking, Tatum said anti-Trump protesters were verbally violent, swearing and yelling at people who were attending the rally. Speaking about the Trump supporters, Tatum said everybody seemed to be peaceful there. It was not a lot of hatred and maliciousness going on, and that Trump supporters were not lashing out at protesters, challenging the media's narrative that the Trump that Trump is inciting violence against protesters. Tatum said he heard an announcement before the event which told attendees not to become involved in altercations with protesters who were becoming unruly. That was another thing I don't see being portrayed in the media, is that they gave a disclaimer, do not hurt these people, you do not need to do this. Tatum went on to explain how protesters were yelling uh, the F word, F Donald Trump, in front of children, and that one parent had to cover her daughter's ears because these people just outlandish and they were just outlandish and out of control despite being a police officer even tatum said he felt uncomfortable and that at any moment i could get sucker punched by somebody although it was the protesters who were accusing trump supporters of being hateful tatum asserted these people were the most hateful evil people i have ever seen i could not believe what i saw i thought at some point it was going to be a full-fledged riot because these people were the ones acting so outrageous it, it's it's reversing the blame, or it's putting the blame where it does not belong. Uh, that might sound almost 
antithetical or in opposition to what you said, Joe. But what's happening is this: the uh, in, in a nutshell, uh, you've got this this rabid um, group of of well funded and truly well organized right. anti Trump people. The Solinsky Van Jones right. you know, yeah. playbook with the George Soros money and the Bill Ayers uh, revolutionary tactic. And and you've got the the very people that, that you, you see after what, ten years of listening for example for example to uh Mark Levin. And, and I've I've got a I've got uh, well I'm I know people that are converse with Levin and depend on Mark Levin for the, uh, shall we say, um, um, not publicity, but, but exposure, okay? Um, play, uh, websites that Mark Levin cites. Well, okay, imagine you, so, so just think about, think of it this way. Imagine you have a website and that's your sole source of income, and you employ a staff of maybe, oh, I don't know, six, and and you hack off Mark Levin, and Mark Levin blacklists you. There goes, if if you have all of your eggs in that political basket and economic basket, there goes your there goes your life. I mean, there goes your house. There goes your your everything. Now you might say, well, they deserve it. Okay. Without without regard to that, the tactic is, as you put it, Saul Alinsky tactics that are being used by conservatives and even those calling themselves Christian conservatives. And you might say, well, Doug, why, why are you even surprised about this? I'm not surprised. I guess I'm just saying the fight is on, and folks, you're all part of it. If you're not involved, either you know, choosing a side... Yeah, then you're being used as pawns. And when I say choose a side, I'm talking about the earthly side here. The, the you know not the spiritual side, but the earthly side. And this is how they're going to shut up the alternative media, the new media. In some cases, this is how they're going to extort yeah, shows into bankruptcy. Correct, correct. And this is so important because when you listen to shows, for example, Caravan to Midnight, and I know John Wells will not will not succumb to that. Um, or other alternative media shows, you know, it, 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 it's it takes money to to, to 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 produce the shows. So there's a, the, the when when we talk about censorship, we're talking about not just censorship. We're talking about all out assaults to shut down the alternative media, certain alternative media sites and shows, and it's happening today, and and we're feeling the heat. Uh, others are feeling the heat, and you know, at the at the epicenter of this are the big talkers, many of the big talkers, and many of the people that the Christian conservatives put their faith and trust and even their ears into. And it's a shame. But be aware. I don't know if you saw this, um, Donald Trump. We were talking about this this conference, this uh, a a AI pack uh, conference. <clears throat> and Trump said he vows to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Donald Trump vowed as president he would move the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It's about time. And scrap the Iranian nuclear deal in a speech at the American-Israeli Public Affairs Conference uh, Committee Conference on Monday. In pre-written remarks, a departure from Trump's typically improvisation style, the Republican candidate said that 
His number one priority is to dismantle the disastrous deal with Iran. And, you know, for once, you know, we're seeing a, a, a candidate here recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. So, He's see, being attacked for this, though, we, we, no, Okay. And, and once more, it, 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 when... I mean, Donald Trump is saying all of the the right things, right. moving the embassy to to, is, you know, to Jerusalem. I believe that to be true. We need to do that. Um, but it, and the one and, and this is nothing, no slide against Trump. But you know, we've heard so many promises from so many political candidates, so many political candidates saying, "quote unquote" the right things, only to get into office and do the exact opposite. And that's right. But I've heard the other side of people say that, you know, what is all our turn, what is our alternative at this choice? When you have Hillary Clinton, the, uh, <laughs> former Secretary of State, who was, uh, the head of, you know, or the, been in the middle of the Benghazi situation, uh, in the middle of, you know, the IRS situation, uh, targeting conservative groups, in the middle of, you know, her own scandal, her email scandal, uh, with the, private servers and classified information, something that Petraeus faced felony charges over himself, and it has been proven with Clinton that she uh, did break the law more than once. Not only that, she lied about it and made excuses for it. Now we see that there, she's the front runner. She's going to get the Democratic nomination. And you see this divide, as we've been talking about in the, in the, uh, on the Republican Party, and the insiders at the GOP openly vowing to you know, steal the nomination from Trump any way they can, even doing so by third party to give the election to Hillary, to give the election to Hillary. That's They'd right. rather burn their own country down than and give this guy a chance. That's their intent. And you have to ask why. Right. And, and we receive emails all the time. We, we, you know, what do you think? Do you think Trump is for real? Look, we don't know what's in his heart. Um, and, and again, I, I keep, uh, I, I, uh, we we have been promised uh, an interview. We hope to get this interview done. I, I've got. And when we were talking with Greg Jackson at the at the conference, he said, "Just ask him one question if he would, as uh, as uh, the ex- chief executive president, chief executive." Yeah, Greg Jackson. If he would shut down the abortion mills. Actually, the, his quote was to shut down the wholesale murder of babies right. through the abortion mills uh, and companies such as Planned Parenthood. And if we get him on, we will ask him that. Exactly, we will. And uh, the the one thing we will not do, and and this is our promise to you, is um, a lot of times the candidates will say, these are the questions that you can ask. And um, they already have scripted answers. We will not do that. We will not agree to that. All right. So the offer is out there. The, 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 we've got, we've gotten to the point where, okay, yes, we can give you 15 minutes, half hour, whatever, uh, to, to speak to the, the Christian audience that we have. Because he's after the Christian vote, but we're not going to take his talking points. And, and his campaign manager knows this now that the ball's in his court. And, and we're not going to be uh, led by the hand, or you know, we're, we're, it's going to be up front, and yeah, that's the way we, it's going to be. If we have the opportunity to interview Trump, um, I would uh, put together questions that, as a as a Christian uh, American, 
in the time we live in today, with the chaos we see, would be pertinent and relevant in the area of problem solving, not problem management. Right. And they, I mean, uh, Thank I would you. do that with that, any that, candidate. That's a very good, very good way of putting it. Problem solving, not problem management. And, very and good. It's interesting because you see the, uh, I saw uh, this whole weekend, anytime I was able to catch, flip through some news stations, they kept showing this clip of Ted Cruz saying, it's time to unite everyone. It's time to bring everyone together. But that's then they showed what Trump, do. you know, saying something, and, and they would take it out of context. Um, and just planting those seeds of discord, the, the furtherance of discord. But as I said earlier, when you have the Republican uh, establishment and the Karl Rovian types and uh, others actively looking and seeking, willing to burn down their own party and bring in Hillary Clinton as president rather than give somebody who is trying to uh, or, or saying they're going to yeah, allegedly uh, change for right. the better for America. You know, make America great again. Is Trump able to do that? I don't know. If he's elected, would he do that? I don't know. But, you know, that's something we would ask him about. But their unwillingness to even give him a chance, it's either, as we said, the the greatest psyop in in American politics or the uh, actual fear of these people because of the loss of control of a man who can become president due to his own financial uh, holdings and do so without being uh, having the, the ties to uh in need of their financial assistance which would basically put him in a position where he would have to have an allegiance to the people who, who are funding him you know it, and it, that's what what is scary right, to these right. people is that he is and just like we said uh, we was said this at the conference Josh Tolley said this and Flip Benham said this they want to take away what they can't control and there it is. The, there it the is. Christian belief, our belief in Jesus Christ is something that they cannot take away or control. We see them trying to do it. Well, and, they will you know, do it. They are, you know, well, Kim Davis is an yes. example. You know, they will censor you. They will shut you down. They will take everything you have. Uh, you know, and it was brought up at the conference also that the, why is the healthcare system taken over and run by the IRS instead of the EPA? Um, you know, you you don't want to do this. We're going to take your you know house. We'll take your car. If you're like the mark of the beast says, you cannot buy or sell. Uh, it's coming to that point. But um, if we don't, and we are not the example, and we are not the change, and we don't seek to to provide those uh, people with a positions of of power or even a local, state, or federal level who are willing to try to make a change, then we're not doing our job. And I'm not saying you should vote for Donald Trump. I'm saying that you should... Because it, it, take the, the name doesn't... The person no doesn't person, matter. It's right. the tactics. It, it's right out of take the list. no one's opinion or no one's beliefs or no, what anybody says about any of these candidates at face value. Do the research yourself. You know, this is the politics of personal destruction at its best. The scorched earth policy, the so-called conservatives slash Christian conservatives, they're doing it. You know, we, we, our, our cry is watchmen. One of the things that we at here, the watchmen, uh, we, we were talking about was the definition of a watchman. I think, I think, I think one of the audience members asked, uh, you know, what the definition of a watchman is. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I know, for example, I know that uh, there is a biblical definition of what a watchman is. I get that. I, and I understand that 
that was the subject of, of many, not many, but uh, s- several sermons, YouTubes, articles, and such. But let me tell you something. All right, if if there is a uh, a short in the, in the electrical system in your house, and we see it, all right, but no one else does, and we alert you to that short that's uh, that's smoldering. And causing the just you can just see the, the the brown starting to from the fire starting just to spread a little bit on the drywall, and you can see it. But you 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 the homeowner the resident don't see it, but we do, and we 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 alert you to that fact. I don't care if we don't conform to the biblical definition of a watchman if we alert you to that fact i consider us watchmen to the extent that we're saying hey there's a problem fix it get out of your house call the fire department get get on this we are alerting you to this because you see the enemy used to be coming and breaching the walls now they walk amongst us while we argue over the definition of what a watchman is, your house is about to be burnt to the ground. So if you want to sit there and argue about the biblical definition of a watchman, go ahead. As you have the house around you burns to the ground. And that was one of the questions posed to us at the conference. What is a watchman? And... You know, it is a title for each and every person, just like the scripture says, uh, all those who are of the Lord Jesus Christ are to be ministers of his word, not only by word to others, but by our obedient example in our daily walk with him. And we need to be the example. We need to be the, the change. Uh, you know, Christianity gets a terrible rap and a bad name because uh, they look at some of these preachers and, and people who call themselves Christians who are living degenerately. And I can say I was one of those people who considered myself a Christian and did not, you know, walk in any kind of obedience. But something changed in me, and it wasn't something I did for myself. It was something the Lord did. And maybe it was because I started to pick up my Bible. Maybe it was because I... I uh, started to uh, look. We're all think failures. On his name. We are all failures. We could never, never, by our own works, ever uh, be suitable for the kingdom of heaven. No, it's only through the, the God's salvation for us. It's only by the blood shed by Jesus Christ. It's only by His death that we are able, and our belief in Him, that we are able to to enter the kingdom of heaven because we will never measure up right. as as because we're all human right right so that's it that's it but but i gotta tell you as watchmen here's the deal the enemy has breached the gate the breached the walls they walk among us now they're inside the village. They've captured. They've taken over the. They've taken over, and now it's time to expose those who have taken over. And it, you know, we you do in the earthly look. We're people think that they're they're people, you know, bodies with with a spirit. No, no, we're spirits, and we just happen to have a body, but yet we live. We, don't we live 
I mean, we must be heavenly minded. We must be, we must uh, walk in the spirit. But we still have to have a presence here on earth because we we're, we're physical human beings. So we have to play both in both venues, I suppose, or we have to exist in both venues. And the, and the only thing I want to say about that is, you know, if you can walk and chew gum at the same time, well, of course you can. So we can do both at once. We don't. It's it's not an either or proposition. It's an all of the above. Right. And and here in, in Psalm one fifteen it says this: Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but under Thy name give glory for Thy mercy and for Thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in heaven. He hath done whatever He hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold. In the work of men's hands, they have mouths, but they speak not. They have eyes, but they see see not. They have ears, but hear not. Noses, and they smell not. And it goes on to say, they that make them are like unto them. So everyone trusteth in them. And uh, just to close it out as we're reaching the end of the program, ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more and your children. Ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he hath given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. But I will bless the Lord from this time forth and forever and more. Praise the Lord, it says. And, th- and thank you for that. And, and, and folks, thank you. I, all I want to say is thank you. Thank you for you being you. We all have our positions to play. Now the war is really, really ratcheting up. The enemy walks among us. We have to be ever so vigilant. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our absolute honor, honor to be able to say to call you our family and our friends and to say thank you you are all watchmen out there each one of you uh, who have your eyes open and your heart open to the Lord tomorrow Stan Dale will be our guest and I think Chris Ann Hall is going to be on this week Chris yeah, Ann Hall if not tomorrow uh, the next day for sure we got to iron out our schedule good night everyone this is the Global Star Radio Network <laughs>